thank you very much. Unbelievable. Can you believe how many people look behind the fake news? Can you believe? Can you believe how many people are back there? I wish they'd turn their cameras. You want to turn the cameras around, show? That is a lot of people here today. You know, they never report that. They won't report it. There are thousands of people behind these people. Why do you give them the good location for? Got to talk to our people about that. Why are we giving the media the good location? Anyway, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to Florida. We love Florida. And it's great to be back in this magnificent state. You know, I live here too. You know that, right? With thousands of loyal, hardworking, great American patriots. So, 18 days. Can you believe it? 18. Think of that. 18. Like around four years ago, I, I'll never forget. January 20th, I stood up in the great White House. First night, first lady. I stood right next to the Lincoln bedroom and I said, can you believe this? And now four years goes by, it goes by so quickly, doesn't it? But no administration has done in three and a half years, no administration has done even close to what this administration has done. None. And that's despite phony witch hunts, phony impeachments, all of the things. And it ended up that they did it. Can you believe that? They did it. But we've done a job, and you've done a job, and we're working together, and we love you all, and we love this state, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. And by the way, we're leading in Florida. You know we're leading in Florida. state of Florida. How would it be if we didn't have the Russia witch hunt and all this nonsense that they threw at us for almost four years with the spying and all the things? How would it be? They wouldn't even have an election. We'd just say, okay, we'll take it for another four years, right? But now we're doing great. And 18 days from now, we're going to win the state of Florida. We're going to win four more years in the White House. And early voting starts on Monday. We're going to have a red wave, it's called, the red wave. So get out and vote. No, that's going to, they're calling it a red, these people, look at all those cameras. These people, they're calling it a red wave. They expect there may be, not forget about the word may, they said there may be a big red wave. We will have a red wave, the likes of which they've never seen before, and that includes four years ago. Joe Biden is a, he's a disaster, let's face it, but. Did you see last night? Did you see the easy questions? Now, did you watch that whole deal? Did you see him a week ago with Lester Holt on NBC, like, Oh, oh, come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Get, come on, Joe. Can we help you with the answer, Joe? 
It's a disgrace. And you saw what I got last night, right? But it's okay. She's like disappeared. Nobody can find her. She's not too popular right now. But we enjoyed it, you know, we enjoyed it. You know, we don't say, give us the questions, give us the answers, we wanted this. We don't want to read it off teleprompters. We don't want to do that. And we know what we got, and people really expect it. And, and by the way, if you can't handle Savannah, you cannot handle Putin and President Xi and Kim Jong-un. That's small potatoes last night. That's small potatoes. But it does seem unfair when you have a guy that's constantly getting questions like you're talking to a child, right? Like you're talking to a child. They say, what's this? And then you get like, boom, boom, what about this? What about that? What about this? Now, but that's why we're here, right? You know, you know the expression? You know the expression? They come after us from every angle. They're after us. And we're here, and they're not. So it's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. And we appreciate this great support, but Biden is the living embodiment of the corrupt political class that should, and, and you take a look at what he's done. It's a political class that enriched itself while draining the economic life and soul from our country. Look at what's happened. And now you see it. And you see it better than ever before. And with all of the things that you know took place, not one question was asked of this guy last night about that. Can you even believe it? It's the biggest story worldwide. It's a corrupt family. And these people didn't ask him one single question about it. It's incredible. No, it's true. Yeah, lock it. It's true. I like this guy. Look at this. Will you stand up, please? Look at this guy. That's pretty good, huh? That's pretty good. Thank you, man. That's cool. That's great. Thank you. That's cool. For the last 47 years, Joe Biden has shipped away your jobs, shut down your factories, threw open your borders, and ravaged our cities while sacrificing American blood and treasure in endless foreign wars in countries that you've never even heard of. And they're all coming back. You know that. They're all coming back, except in certain areas, if you don't mind, where we kept the oil. We left some of our great soldiers. We kept the oil. We should have kept the oil in plenty of places when we went over there. We should have never been there, but if we're going to be there, remember I used to say for years, keep the oil. We didn't do that. He's a servant of the wealthy donors and globalists and special interests who got rich, bleeding our country dry. They sold you out, and I know this area very well, and you got sold out big. This whole state got sold out. Every state did. They sold you out on trade, on borders, on jobs, on crime. One act of treachery after another. In 2016, Florida voted to fire this corrupt and this... Look, this is the most corrupt group of people, okay? I've gotten... You know, when I say drain the swamp, I used to think it was like a swamp this thick, 
It's like a real thick. It's very thick. So Florida voted to fire the corrupt and decrepit political establishment, and you elected an outsider as president, and we finally put America first. About time, it's only been about 30 years. This week we learned from newly released emails that Joe Biden has been blatantly lying about his involvement in his son's corrupt business dealings. The highest level. Yesterday a news story showed that Hunter made a deal with a wealthy Chinese business magnate for $10 million a year for introductions alone. He just wanted $10 million introductions. He's going to introduce. There's a guy that got thrown out of the military, had no job. As soon as his father became vice president, he became a vacuum cleaner for the family. Okay? Hunter also referred to another more lasting and lucrative arrangement, as he called it, with the same Chinese businessman that would be so much more interesting to me and my family, his father, okay? His father. These deals were made after Biden spent his entire career letting China steal our jobs and raid our factories. And let me tell you something, if he ever won, China will own the United States, okay? They will own it. What's happening to China now, nobody's ever seen that. Nobody ever thought it was possible. We've done so much better than them until they sent us the plague. And now we're coming back from the plague. We could have lost 2.2 million people and more. And we lost much, we lost 200, over 200,000 people. We shouldn't have lost a person. What they did to us, we will never forget. Just remember that. We will never forget. But this is all a matter of national security. The Bidens got rich while America got robbed. And you know, I say it, and I sort of said it very timidly initially, and now you see this, they got the guy's laptop. They've got thousands of things. I mean, they're going through it. And I give great credit to the New York Post, the New York Post, for what they did. The New York Post. I don't know how many of you read the New York Post, but it's the oldest paper in the United States. I think it's like the fifth largest paper. It really is. You know, you talk about mainstream media. They went out and they did what these people should have been doing. These people do nothing. But I said it very timidly, and now I say it. Joe Biden is a corrupt politician, and he has been for a long time. And the Biden family is a criminal enterprise, and you know it, and so do I. In fact, they sort of make crooked Hillary Clinton look like amateur hour. You think about it. Yet all of this is being covered up by the media and big tech. You saw that. You see that? You put a story out from the New York Post, and they shut down a site. How about Kaylee? Her site got shut down because she put out a story from the New York Post. This is what's going on. So they talk about freedom of speech and freedom of the press. There's no freedom of the press. 
but watch what we do. But the biggest thing we can do, November 3rd. That's the biggest thing we can do. Because I'm not just running against Biden. We're not just running against Joe Biden. We're running against the left-wing media, and we're running against big tech. And they all said, and I've heard this, and I kept hearing about the power of big tech, the power. And they were against us, as you know, four years ago. But I won. I said, how can they be powerful? I won. I never did this before, and I won. How the hell are they powerful? But now they've gone totally crazy. They've done things now that they wouldn't even do, and they got caught. And there's great anger in Congress, in the Senate. There's great anger because what they're doing is really bad. You know, we gave them Section 230. It's protection. It protects them from everything. It shields them. So once you do that, the government is giving them something that no other industry has. So they no longer can say, oh, freedom of speech. It's not freedom of speech. They've been given protection, and they've abused that protection. And a lot of people are looking now at big, bad tech. But I did say it. I said, so they're so powerful, how did we win? Well, we won for a lot of reasons. By the way, was that the greatest evening? Was that the greatest? But we're going to have an even bigger evening and an even better evening on November 3rd. Despite the fact that they're trying to get forever to count the ballots, you know, the, the, the ballots, right? The fake ballots. They're doing everything in their power to protect their chosen candidate, Sleepy Joe, and he is a sleepy guy. I watched last night. Did anybody watch last night? You watched both of them, right? Yeah, but I watch. I just want to see, like, how's he doing? Not well. And remember this, they have nothing but to stand. He's just a vehicle. Let's not kid ourselves. Joe is shot, okay? He's shot. He is a vehicle, and he's got his vice president, who is further left than crazy burning, okay? Kamala, Kamala. Nobody treated, nobody treated Joe Biden worse than Kamala during the debates, right? Now, she got beat up by other people. She got beat up badly, so badly that her polls dropped, and she went out very angry, and then he picked her. I said, this could be a very good thing, and then Mike Pence did a great job the other night, didn't he? So I have nothing but disdain for what these people have done, and they have nothing but disdain for your values, and you know that. They flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs, crime, while living behind gated compounds. They oppose school choice while sending their families to the best private schools. They demonize the police while hiring private security. By the way, take a look at the way Joe Biden lives. You know, he's been in Congress, I guess, for almost 50 years. I say 47, but the 47 is getting a little old now, right? Almost 50 years. And he's got houses, and he lives beautifully. You know, it's okay if you work and you get at it beautiful, but this guy's been a politician. A little strange, isn't it, huh? A little strange. They say he lives very well. They attack the Second Amendment while employing armed guards. They come against you with the guns. They want to take your guns away. You know, if I'm not here, I'm the only thing standing between you and your Second Amendment. That I can tell you.
They support crippling lockdowns while their jobs remain totally exempt from being locked down. How about your governor in Michigan? She has that place locked down. We just won the court case, though. No, the courts just ruled it unconstitutional what she's doing. The only one that was allowed to enjoy himself happened to be her husband, right? He was going to go boating and have a good time while everyone else was locked down. Somebody caught him. Who the hell caught him? That was a great thing, right? You know, and then we, uh, we caught some people doing whatever. We'll find out what that was all about. And then she said, it was my fault. It was my people that caught them. It was Trump's fault. It's always Trump's fault. Can it ever be like Rick Gates's fault? I mean, uh, it's always Trump's fault, Rick. By the way, how did the governor do? Did he get up and make a great speech? Good governor. Good guy, too, right over here. A lot of good people here. It's time we send a message to these shameless, wealthy, liberal hypocrites in Washington, D.C., and Silicon Valley. Do you see that Silicon Valley and these guys are 99% behind the Democrats, okay? What's that all about? What's that all about? The 99, not even 90, I'd like to say 90, right? 99. Well, one of the reasons I don't call them and I don't need their money and I don't want their money, you know, that helps. It really helps. Let me tell you, if I call them, say, do me a favor, send money, every one of them would send money. I don't like making those calls. Because when you make those calls, it's hard to say no. Just on a human basis, it's very hard to say no. They call and they ask for a little thing like how to make an extra $5 billion. I don't make those calls. You know, you read where they have a lot of money flowing in. That's because everyone's calling everybody. We're going to win, and when we win, this is this, and this is... That's why they raise money. I could raise much more money. President, I, every call I make, every single guy, even if they hated me, they'd all contribute. But, Rick, you understand it. I don't want to make those calls. I don't want to make those calls, right? Huh? Yeah, I know. Where is Rick? He's here. Where is Rick? Where is Rick? Oh, you're there. Good. So I just want to thank everybody, and we do have some special people. Uh, Matt, stand up. Come here. I want to just tell something. This guy, Matt Gates. So Matt, Matt's been another one of our stars. We're going to introduce some of our congressmen and women later, but he's done some special job. How are we doing in Florida, Matt? Huh? Good. So, you know, the polls came out today, and they're very good. They don't report them. They don't report them. They do report them if they were bad, but we're not going to have any bad. We're going to have a big day. Make sure you work very hard, Matt, and I'll see you in a second. On Election Day, you can send a message that the fake news media and the big tech censors, because that's what they are, the big censors, and we're going to send them back. We're going to clean out the Washington swamp. I never knew it was this deep. But we're cleaning out the Washington swamp. We're going to show them the American people are in charge by delivering Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, a thundering defeat like they haven't seen before. Like they haven't seen before. If I don't sound like a typical Washington politician, it's because I'm not a politician. Sorry. And if I don't always play by the rules of the Washington establishment, it's because I was elected to fight for you harder than anyone has ever fought before. 
This is the most important election in the history of our country. And you know, I used to say it all the time. I'd say, well, this is important, but the last. And I'm sort of like debating which is more important. Which is more important, Rick Grinnell? Tell me which is more important, Rick. Rick Grinnell, by the way, has done a great job. You know who he is? You know him? What a great job he's done. He's coming with us, I'll tell you that. But nobody's done the job that we've done. Nobody's done the job that we've done, and we've done it with all that opposition. Biden has made a corrupt bargain exchange for his party's nomination, and he shouldn't have the nomination. I said this before. Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, should have gracefully, she was defeated. She shouldn't have stayed Super Tuesday. If she didn't stay for, if she would have left, she didn't even have to endorse anybody. If she would have left, Crazy Bernie, 100% would have gotten, because he would have gotten most of her votes. He, did, he only needed a few. It was really amazing. And he would have had, this guy is the greatest loser of all time. There's no better loser. He just, he's so nice about it. It happened to him twice now, right? So she stayed, Biden got it. So we have a little bigger base, but he's got a base with zero enthusiasm. Zero. The only enthusiasm they have is to beat us. And you know what? That's called negative enthusiasm. Typically, it never wins. We'll find out. It better not win, okay? It better not win, Matt. Biden has handed control to the socialist Marxists and far-left lunatics. If he wins, the radical left will be running this country, and they're addicted to power, and God help us if they ever get it, because we will never have the same country again. We never will. We never will. You know, I used to talk about Venezuela. Boy, that is an amazing amount of people back there. That's an amazing amount of people. Turn the camera. Can you show the group of people? That is unbelievable. That goes back a long way. That's unbelievable. Thank you. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. I wish we had the cameras pushed back further. I wish the cameras were in the back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why don't you drive them crazy? Just say 12 more years, right? They want to punish the middle class, expand every last trace of traditional values, and replace the American dream with the socialist nightmare. That's what it's going to be. You take a look at what's happened with some of these countries, and look at Venezuela. 18 years ago, 17 years ago, it was one of the richest countries, incredible. Tremendous wealth, tremendous natural resources. Now they don't have water, they don't have food, they don't have medicine. We get them whatever we can. But we're working hard. Watch what happens with Venezuela. Watch what happens with Cuba. Watch what happens with plenty of places that are in trouble. Because we have to do that. We have to take care of people. But look at what's happened to Venezuela. And don't kid yourself. I used to say, well, that could never happen. When you look at the ideology that we're talking about now, it's the exact same ideology. It's the exact same ideology. But it's never going to happen to us. Because we're going to have a big big victory over the next 18 days. 
They want to turn America into a communist country or a socialist country. You know, it didn't used to be I'd use the word communist, but now we talk about our country will never be a socialist nation. And now we have to say a socialist or a communist nation because that's the next step. We're not going to let it happen and ruin the lives of Hispanic Americans and all Americans. We're not letting it happen. We're going to have a big victory. And that'll be the end of it. Because you know what? One more defeat and they're going to accept it. You know, I talk about unity. Somebody asked me a question recently about unity. When do you think the country will come together? It was coming together. I was getting calls from politicians that nobody would have thought on the other side. And they were saying, I think it's time. I think it's time. We had the greatest employment numbers in history. We had the great, we're up to 160 million people. We had the greatest numbers, Hispanic American, African American, Asian American, women. We had the greatest numbers. Young people with a diploma from high school, without a high school diploma, with a PhD from MIT. Every single group was having the best numbers. We had the greatest economic recovery. We had the greatest economy in the history of the world. And then we got hit by the plague from China. But I'll tell you, and then we saved millions of lives and we're rebuilding at a level that nobody can even believe. But we were coming together. And I told the person, I said, the thing that's going to bring our country together is success. And it was happening. And until that artificial, horrible situation came in, it was happening. It was happening like never before. And had that not happened, you would have seen great unity. And by the way, the last administration had no unity. Look at St. Louis. Look at Henderson. Look at Ferguson. Look at all of the different. Look at Oakland. Look at Baltimore. Look at the things that were happening. People forget it was a mess. It was a total mess. And then you look at H1N1 that Biden always calls N1H1. I said, no, Joe. Don't do it, Joe. He always can't do it. He can't do it. Did you see last night he had to take out the piece of paper? 200 billion. It's not that big a deal. 200. Let's see. Uh, I'm not allowed to take out paper. Right? Am I allowed to take out and start reading? Of Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. He rips out that paper. You know why he does that? Because it's not working quite too well. Joe Biden and the Democrat socialists will kill your jobs, dismantle your police departments, dissolve your borders. By the way, our border now is the strongest it's ever been, 400 miles of war. And Mexico is paying for the wall, by the way. They like to say Mexico is You know, we get the wall. We're up to almost 400 million. It's almost complete. It'll be complete very soon. And really, that's why we have such good numbers now, the wall. You know, they used to say, we don't want a wall, we want drones. Oh, that's great. You can watch people pour into our country. <laughs> right? But we got the wall done. And I'll tell you, and Matt and these guys, they really helped a lot. They were warriors. They helped a lot. That was not easy. That was not easy. And Ron, that's right, we forgot. Ron was a congressman. You know, he came to me and said, sir, I'd like to run for governor. I said, well, I could, you know, understand that, but you got a long way to go. And he said, no, I'd like your endorsement if we have your endorsement. I said, look, Ron, let's think about it. Anyway, you know, he's a great guy. Harvard, Yale, smart. 
I said, all right, Ron, I'm going to endorse you. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Boom, I pressed it. He went from three to 71 in one day. And then he, uh, he had an impossible person to beat. You know, this guy, how's he doing, by the way? How's his opponent doing? He was going to be the future of the Democrat Party, his opponent. I don't think he's doing too well, right? No, not doing too well. Watch, they'll resurrect him. The fake news will say, it's incredible what's happened. He's wonderful. Nah, if he were a Republican, they wouldn't be doing it, but that's okay. But Ron's been a great governor. It was an honor to be with him and endorse him. He's done a fantastic job. The only one better is his great first lady. I like her even better than Ron. But they'll release uh, criminal aliens, raise your taxes, confiscate your guns 100%, destroy your suburbs. They talk about suburban women. Do they like Donald Trump? Yeah, they like Donald Trump. You know why? Because they want safety and security, right? They want safety and security. And they don't want low-income housing built next to their beautiful suburban dream. Now we got rid of it. You know, they had a regulation, all the women standing up over there, they had a regulation that destroyed, would have destroyed our suburbs. It would have destroyed our American dream. And they came to me, Ben Carson, a lot of good people. They said, sir, it's very tough to terminate it, but why don't we just amend it? I said, I don't want to amend it. What does amend it mean? Make it a little bit better for us or a little bit? I said, I don't want it amended. I want, it, I want that regulation terminated. And they terminated the regulation and nobody can believe it. And they want to drive God from the public square to defend our Constitution from this madness. I proudly nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the United States Supreme Court. fill that seat. She's done fantastically well. People can't even believe it. What a breath of fresh air, right? Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? She's fantastic. You know what got me her professor, one of her professors, longtime professor, very highly respected all over the legal world, had many, many, many years of students. He said, the single greatest student he's ever had was Amy. And that was pretty good. You know, that meant something to me, right? That meant something to me. It is nice. You know, you're not allowed to discriminate, but I do like smart people on the Supreme Court. But... Now, Biden wants many people on the Supreme Court. He doesn't want to say, he said, I'll tell you after the election. What they want to do to the court will be a disaster. And by the way, you know, I put out a list of People, it's probably one of the reasons I got elected, but now we increased it by 20 great people that believe in a thing called the Constitution of the United States. But I put out a list so that when we choose, I said, I will only take somebody from that list. And they're incredible scholars and great at what they do. I said, Biden has to do that, not just about packing. Is he going to pack? Got to know, who is he going to appoint? Because, you know, the AOCs of the world, AOC plus three, the AOCs of the world, Omar, Omar, I think we're going to win. You know what? I think we're going to win Minnesota because of Omar. 
Think of it. She hates our country. She hates our country. She comes from a place that uh, doesn't even have a government. And then she comes here. She tells us how to run our country. And she hates our country. And we're going to win Minnesota. First time since 1972. Can you imagine? Hasn't been won by a Republican, but we're doing very well there. Thank you very much, Omar. Ilhan. Ilhan Omar. Thank you very much. She's a, she's a real, she's a wonderful person. She's a wonderful person. Now, we got people, it's not even thinkable. You know, it used to be that Congress, they loved Israel. Today, it's almost like the opposite. It's crazy. We're, what they've done to Israel is incredible. Not the Senate, in all fairness. But if you look at the House with Pelosi and these people, it's like they hate Israel. And they believe in Omar, who came in here, married her brother or something, and came in illegally. Come on, come on, justice. Let's go, justice. Department of Justice. Democrats will pack the court with radical left judges who will shred our Second Amendment, empower violent mobs, and protect terrorists and criminals. You know that. Biden's agenda would be a catastrophe for Florida seniors. Do we have any seniors in the room? No, I'm not a senior. Uh, okay. I'm not a senior. Yes, I am. Especially for everyone from, I love the place, the villages. I love them. I love the villages. They fight for us. I read stories every day. They're out there. They're driving those beautiful golf carts, the nicest golf carts ever made. They got golf carts that are better than your car. We love the villages, and we're with them all the way, too. They've got spirit. They've got heart. For years, Biden tried to cut your Social Security, you know that, and your Medicare. Now Biden's pledging mass amnesty and free health care for illegal... Yeah, look, he's got the illegal immigrants coming in, and we all have heart, and we all want to take care of everybody. But when you say you can have free health care, you can have free education, you can have free... Millions of people are going to flood our country. We're not going to have a country left. So you just can't do it. All it is is a magnet. Please come in. So we're sorry, but uh, we will decimate Medicare and destroy your Social Security and destroy your country. While I'm president, no one will touch your Medicare or your Social Security. <laughs> to reduce the price of prescription drugs, as you probably have heard, and it's not pleasant for me, I have taken on a thing called Big Pharma. They have unlimited money and, in a sense, unlimited power. They're the biggest lobbyist in the world. They spend more money than anybody else. I think, by far, perhaps the lawyers spend more money. But Big Pharma, I signed the most favored nations rule, which nobody can believe. Because, you know, last year, we're the only administration in 51 years that brought down the cost of prescription drugs. Do you know that? But not much. 1%. I'm not proud of that. 1%. But at least it's something. But the big deal is other countries are paying a tiny fraction of what we pay for the same exact drug. The same pill. 10 cents versus two and a half dollars. And we pay by far more than anybody, and it's us because they view us as suckers. So I said to Big Pharma, you're going to either do these things and get rid of the middlemen and all of the things that we do. You know, I'll bet you Hunter Biden is a middleman. You know that? I'm just... 
Now, I, know, I don't know. You know, the middleman with drugs, the middleman. It's called the middleman. They never say the middleman or woman. They're not politically correct. They don't care. They make so much money. These are the richest people. I don't even know who the hell they are. I'll bet you that Hunter Biden has a piece of that action. The middleman. We're getting rid of the middleman. We're giving the governors the right, and your governor wanted it, the first one, to go to Canada, where the same exact drug costs 50%. They're going to buy in Florida until the favored nations kicks in, which will be even better. They're going to buy drugs from prescription drugs from Canada at 50% off, and you're going to get the benefit. Think of that. Because we have a long-time system that's corrupt, like so many other things, and uh, hard to break, so we're breaking it by letting them go and buy. And we have various states, but Florida is going to be one of them. You're going to go, you're going to buy them for much less. But ultimately, that'll stop because the greatest is favored nation. So you will have and you will be paying the lowest price. We're going to match the lowest price anywhere in the world. You're the biggest buyer, and that's what it's going to be. Plus, we capped insulin costs for Medicare plans at less than $35 a month. It was much, much higher, many times higher. My people did a great job in that. You know, insulin was driving people out of business, and people were dying because they couldn't afford it. They couldn't do it. And every senior on Medicare will soon be receiving $200 to help with the cost of your medicines. And we got that approved, too. We got a lot approved. Nobody has done what I've done for seniors, that I can tell you. We have a lot of great plans, too. Biden had 47 years to do what I did, but he's owned by the special interests and he's owned by the drug companies. He's never going to do this stuff. He can't do it. I don't need their money. I don't want their money. I never asked for their money. Who the hell knows? Maybe they gave me something along the line. Sir, you received $400 from Pfizer seven years ago. But you know what? I couldn't care less. I'm here to do a job, then I'm going to leave, and I'm going to hope that hopefully you're going to say I was a great president, but that's going to be in four years. That'll be in four years. Thank you. Thank you very much. Under my leadership, we're delivering a safe vaccine and a rapid recovery. We're doing things with FDA. They're giving us approvals in weeks as opposed to years. It's been incredible. If you vote for me, prosperity will surge. Normal life, that's all we want. We want normal life, right? Normal. We don't want anything. We want, we want to be where we were seven months ago. And next year will be one of the best and greatest years in the history of our country. That's what's happening economically, and that's going to lead to other things. This election is a choice between a Trump recovery and a Biden depression. He gets in, they're going to quadruple your taxes, they're going to take away all of the benefits that I gave you, which turned out to be a lot. You add energy and it's probably seven or $8,000. Think of that, seven or $8,000 a year. Did you ever see yourself with like $2 gasoline? Did you ever see that? Did you ever see that happening? How about less than $2? And at the same time, we are now energy independent and we have millions and millions of people working on energy. Millions of people. <laughs> millions of people. No, we're very proud of it. The, uh, 
You know, we are uh, independent. We don't have to be in the Middle East. We don't have to be. We're there to protect Israel. We're there to help others. But we don't need it anymore. We used to need it. We don't need it anymore because of what we've done. And, and by the way, the fracking, this guy, he goes around talking about fracking all the time. I mean, think about it. There will be, under no circumstances, there will be no fracking. Then he gets it. He goes to Pennsylvania, and I love Pennsylvania. And he says, oh, wow, they have a lot of jobs here, about a million jobs fracking, right? He goes, I got a problem. So he goes, all right, who the hell cares? I've been saying this for a year and a half, no fracking. Now he gets up, yeah, we'll let you frack, absolutely. We never said that. And the fake news doesn't ever even ask the question. No, I mean, they don't even ask the question. They don't even ask the question. I mean, this guy goes through a thing last night with Stephanopoulos. I like George, but he did me two weeks ago. He did an interview with me, and it was nasty, right? It was nasty. Last night, it was like a sleeper. Everyone's falling asleep. Why don't they ask him the fact that why for a year and a half did he say there's no fracking? And then the day he gets the nomination, he goes into Pennsylvania. He learned, he knows nothing about Pennsylvania, by the way. He, you know, he likes to say, I was born in Pennsylvania. That's it. And then they left. Maybe they didn't like it. They didn't like it. I love you too. Look at her. She's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It's very nice. Thank you. But no, but why don't they ask him that? Like, for a year and a half, there will be no fracking. How about this? I said, oh, the election's over. Who, they said, a lot of these people on the stage, the Democrats, they said, who is going to pay for illegal immigrants' health care? Who agrees to pay? They all raised their hand. You saw that, right? I said, that's beautiful, but Joe's hand hasn't, but I saw his shoulder was moving. Right? Right? Because he knew, you know, his mind isn't so good, so he knows there's something bad going on. He's been doing this for 47 years, so he says, like, I got a problem. I have no idea what the question means, but they're all racist. So he's like this, and then finally he goes this, and I said, I just won the election. That's great. But then they deny it. Then they go and they deny it. I've never seen anything, whether it's that or the fracking or other things. They just deny it like it didn't exist. And they get a free pass from our corrupt media. It's a corrupt media. I used to say fake. I used to think that was one of the greatest things that came up. Fake news, right? That was me. But I said, you know, but now I, I have to go a step further. It's fake and it's corrupt. And a lot of times I leave the fake off because, you know, corrupt is a stage worse. And many, and I'll tell you, and this is true, it's the single, it's just about, it causes the problems. It's the enemy of the people. Our media is the enemy of the people. It's very, very dangerous what they do. And you've never seen it more than the last week between the big tech and they're working on Section 230. You watch what's going to happen. But you've never seen a more egregious case than what's been happening over the last three or four years. I will deliver optimism, opportunity, and hope. Speaking of hope, Hope Hicks is here. Where's Hope Hicks? Where's Hope Hicks? The great Hope Hicks. You know, she was tested positive, but... She's okay. Where's hope? We want hope, right? We want hope. I used to say, we want hope. And all these crazy people said, yeah, we want hope. Where's hope? Where's hope? Come here. Come here. Come here, hope. Come on. She's shy, but not that shy. Come on, hope. Hey. 
We want hope. See? She tested positive and she got better so fast. It was like, that's called being young, strong, right? Young and strong, but she's been fantastic. Thank you, Hope. We're proud of you, Hope. So Biden will deliver pessimism, poverty, and decline. And that's what he's going to do. Look, you know what drives me when I see, he's always criticized, saying, oh, I didn't act fast enough with China. But for two months after I did it, he said, I was what? Xenophobic. I said, what does that mean? I was xenophobic. What does it mean, Joe? Tell me exactly, please. Give me a definition. He said, I don't know. That's what they told me to say. But you know, two months later, he's saying, I shouldn't have done it, right? But now his whole line is, I didn't act fast enough. I did it in January. He's talking about it in February and beyond, late February, beyond, that I shouldn't have done it. Then I did Europe, too, very early. I saw big infections in Spain and Italy. You know, I did Europe. Nobody even talks about it. So we did with over 200,000 people. But remember this, we were expected to lose 2.2 million people and maybe more than that. And our people, whether it's Vice President Pence or all of these people that work so hard on the task force, they've done an incredible job. They've done an incredible job. And when you look at our numbers and when you look at the surge that's taking place right now and we're going down and Europe is going way up, they used to love to compare us, but we compared very favorably. But now we're making ventilators for Europe and the rest of the world. We're doing things that nobody thought was even possible. So I just want to thank all of the people that worked so hard on that. that that's been an amazing, amazing experience. But a guy like Sleepy Joe Biden would terminate our recovery, delay the vaccine, prolong the pandemic, and annihilate Florida's incredible economy. Your economy is starting to boom with a draconian, unscientific lockdown. And you know what happens with the lockdowns, right? You know what happened to people when they're in the lockdowns. Biden's plan will crush America. My plan will crush the virus. And America will be in a position very soon like it was never in before. That's what's happening. This week, even the failing New York Times had no choice but to quote, and they put a statement, probably the writer of the article has been fired since, it's been three days. But they said, experts are, this is quote, experts are saying with genuine confidence, New York Times, that the pandemic in the United States will be over far sooner than anybody expected. Isn't it nice? That's the New York Times. Can't believe it. I heard that, I said, give it to me again. Let me hear that again, because I don't believe it. Our early and aggressive action saved as many as 2 million, but maybe much more, as we said, maybe much more than that. We pioneered life-saving therapies. Well, here I am. I mean, you know. Here I am. 
little they gave me, but I'll take some more of it right now, because I felt... No, I had something Regeneron, great. They're really, you know, the antibody things, and Eli Lilly also makes something very similar, and we're having a lot of it produced right now, and we're going to be delivering it, and it's going to be something. But, you know, our fatality rate, 85%, think of it, we have it reduced 80 to 85% all the way down. So this is what we've done is incredible. We understand what's going on. We understand that 99.9 for young people, like Barron, Barron gets, he's, I said, how you feeling? Not good. How you feeling two hours later? I'm feeling great, Dad. It's, you know. Whether we like it or not, they have a little better immune system than we do, right? You know, we don't like to admit it. Let's never admit it, but that's the way it is. You know, Barron's great. Our first lady is great. People love our first lady. They love our first lady. Man, the abuse that she takes, she is a fantastic woman. She loves you. She says love. But they love our first lady. They love her. And they love our family. How about Ivanka? Do we love Ivanka? And Don and Eric and Tiffany, they all. And they gave up a lot. You know, you don't read that. I lost hundreds of millions, billions of dollars through this. You know, this cost me billions, right? I don't take the salary. It's 400, 450,000. I don't do this. But if an Arab gentleman happens to stay one night in one of my hotels for $642.13, headline, Trump is ripping off the sun. These people are bad. Billions of dollars I lost by doing this. And you know what? It's the greatest investment I ever made because it's an investment in our country. It's an investment in our country. Thank you. The greatest thing I've ever done. And we are doing things that nobody else would have been able to do. And I'm only doing it because of you. And you know, when you think we're doing it together, But we are the difference between having a great country, and our country's going to be at a level in two years, three years. We need a little time to seed some of the things we've done. We still have more regulation cutting to do. We've cut more than any other administration in history by far, but we still have more. You know, it used to take 18, 17, 20, 21. It would take years and years, 21 years, to get a highway approved. And then usually it didn't get approved, and it would cost hundreds of times more than anticipated. We have that down now to two years and probably one. I mean, things like that. And it may get rejected for environmental or safety reasons. That's okay. But it's going to go quickly. There's no reason. You've seen the charts. I put them up. All the process, the process that you had to go through to get a simple thing done. And now we're building refineries. We're building incredible things, things that were not. If somebody applied for a refinery in the old days, People would laugh at them. They'd say, you never get that approved. If you go to Louisiana, you take a look in Texas, you take a look at what they're doing in terms of refineries, right? It's incredible. The things we're doing are incredible. And that's all because of us. So this is the greatest thing I've ever done because nobody would be able to do what we as a group have been able to do for our country. So I'm working to make the antibody treatment that I received available to anybody that needs it free because it wasn't your fault. 
It wasn't your fault. And I view it, I mean, they call it a therapeutic. I view it as a cure because I didn't feel too good. I didn't have a temperature in a lot of years. All of a sudden, uh, sir, you got a little temperature going there. Oh, that's great. And I woke up, and I'm telling you, it was, uh, literally the following day, I, I couldn't get. And Walter Reed Hospital, one of the great Walter Reed Military Hospital in the world. But I want to thank Johns Hopkins, too. The one thing when you're president and you're not feeling too good, you're laying in bed, there's about 14 doctors surrounding you. Where are you from? Everyone's like a who's who. But uh, no, what they did is incredible. And we're making that available to everybody that needs it. We've signed, I've signed an emergency declaration. We're telling everyone to get it approved. And we want to thank Dr. Hahn at the FDA. They're working very, very hard to get it approved very quickly. We're trying to get things approved in a matter of weeks. It used to take years. It used to take years. That includes other drugs for other things where you'd have many, many years and a person's terminally ill and they go to Asia or they go home. If they had no money, they'd have no choice. They go home and they'd die. But we have incredible drugs, but it would take another four, five, six years. It would take 10 years. We've cut that number down in half, maybe even more than half, for other drugs, cancer drugs, etc. But we have a thing called right to try. I talk about it every once in a while. I'm so proud of it. It has had such an incredible impact. Right to try. It's a great name to me. And it's somebody is terminally ill. And we have a drug that looks really promising, and they're not allowed to use it because they're afraid it's going to make the person sick. I said, the person is going to die. But not that easy because you had the drug companies didn't want to take the liability. You had the country didn't want to take the liability. The drug companies, as an example, they didn't want to have it on their records because somebody's that sick and it looks bad on their records. The person didn't make it. So I said, what we'll do is we'll set up a different sheet. We'll set up a different sheet and maybe we won't even count it if somebody is so sick. And then, of course, you had the insurance companies. They hated the idea. And we got them in a room. And we had somebody, we had a very strong document that there will be no liability to the country. And you have an absolute right to try. So somebody's terminally ill. You have no idea how many people have been saved by doing this. Some incredible stories. So, I mean, that's one of many, many things. That's one of many, many things. People don't even talk about it. But it's been, uh, you know, it's been just an incredible privilege. Through Operation Warp Speed, we will have 100 million vaccine doses before the end of this year. The vaccine will end the pandemic once and for all. And frankly, I'll say it, and they'll hate this. Well, they'll actually love it. Even without the vaccine, the pandemic's going to end. It's going to run its course. It's going to end. They go crazy. He said without the vaccine. Watch. It'll be a headline tomorrow. These people are crazy. Now it's running, of course. We're rounding the turn. You see the numbers. We're rounding the turn. And, you know, this state, three months ago, you know what happened. Three months ago, we had a surge here. We had a surge in Texas. We had a surge in Arizona. Great governor. Great governor of Texas. Great governor in Arizona. Great people. And you have a great governor here. We had surges. And they went up and they went down. And now you're at your lowest numbers. And you're open and you didn't close. And you're it's just amazing, right? It's great. So we're joined today by one of the greatest governors in our country, and I know a lot of good ones, and I can tell you there's some really bad ones, too. But this is a great one, Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor. Thank you, Ron. I heard your speech was great, Ron. 
I heard you did a great job, but he's done a great job, but he's been my friend. Hey, Ron, are we going to win the state, please? Okay. You know, if we don't win it, I'm blaming the governor. I'll fire him somehow. I'm going to fire him. I will find a way. Anyway, thank you. And members of Congress and friends of mine and warriors, Matt Gates, who we said hello to, Matt. Great guy. Great guy. Is this your area a little bit? No? No, not too much. But they know him. Everybody knows. No, he's a warrior. He's a fighter. Also, Neil Dunn. Where's Neil? Neil, thank you very much. I like your tie, Neil. I like your, I like your suit and your tie very much. <laughs> That's great. And another man who knows so much about the military, I'll call him a lot, Mike Waltz. Mike. He knows so much about the military. Good. The both of them. The both of them. Good. Great job. Thank you. Great to have you, fellow. Congressional candidate, Kat Kamek. She's fantastic. Where's Kat? Aren't you like in a Trump 45 or something? Tell me, what? how many points up? How much? Well, that's pretty good. That's a good Trump district, I'll tell you. Kat's going to be there. She's going to win it. That's a great job. And a woman who was in charge of Michigan, you all know her. She was in charge of Michigan. Michigan hadn't been won by a Republican in decades and decades. She was horrendous to me. She kept calling me, please, sir, one more speech. Just come to Michigan. You're going to win at us. All right. Finally, toward the end, four years ago, I said, you know what? That's it. Okay, I'm leaving. That's it. I'm not coming back for it. That's okay, so you don't have to. We're going to win it. I get a call the following day, so you have to come back for one more speech. And I did it. And we won the great state of Michigan. And she was in charge. Head of the Republican Party, now Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Oh, she's great. She doesn't stop. How are we doing in Michigan, by the way? I heard, I mean, I heard. Yeah, poll came out, we're up one in Michigan, we're doing well. I mean, they should be, we should be up 30 in Michigan. We brought many car plants, you know, they hadn't had a plant for 40 years. And we have many of them being built in Michigan, so we're going to do great in Michigan. Today, we're also praying for all of the families on the Florida Panhandle. I love that Panhandle. I don't know what it is, I know it's a little away from here, but I'm going to say it anyway, Hurricane Sally. The Panhandle, you know, we came and we were doing really well in Florida. And then the Panhandle hadn't been counted yet, right, Matt? And we went out and uh, they said, Trump has just won Florida. I said, wait a minute, they haven't even gotten through it. They said, no, the Panhandle was like 94% or something. They said, if Trump is even coming into the Panhandle, there's nobody going to beat Trump. And we won it pretty easily, I'll tell you, but the Panhandle. So we're with the Panhandle 100%. Great people. Last month, I approved a major disaster declaration for the state of Florida. And I'll be with you all the way. And we're doing some rebuilding. You got hit with a lot of storms and a lot of hurricanes. And we're with you all the way. And you know, when Ron calls up, he's always calling me. Oh, sir, we need more money for this hurricane, that hurricane. We need more money for Lake Okeechobee. You don't care about Lake Okeechobee. Lake Okeechobee is pretty far away. But uh, he wants more. But that's what a governor should be doing, right, when you think about it. I can get angry at him. I can say, that's enough. But he's, uh, he's somebody that wants it. And you two senators, by the way, Marco and Rick, they're doing a great job. 
And they're right now in Washington fighting for our new Supreme Court justice, okay? Marco and Rick. Great people. They're great people. Under my administration, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world, and now we are doing it again. You know what it's called? Make America great again again. See all those hats? Make America great. Make America great again again. But I don't want to do it a third time, okay? Just let's... But we're doing it really nicely. It's coming along at a level that nobody can believe. But these numbers are amazing. In my first three years, family income increased by $6,000. Three years, three years. More than five times the gains in all eight years under the Sleepy Joe slash Obama administration. Oh, I got an emergency call today. They say, sir, I'm sorry to tell you, President Obama is going to start campaigning for Sleepy Joe. I said, I said, so what's the problem with that? And they said, well, you know, he's going to start. I said, well, you know, he campaigned harder than Hillary last time, so why do we care? The other thing, he refused to endorse Joe. He knows what's going on up here with Joe. And Obama refused to endorse him. And even after Joe had won, he didn't want to. And then finally, like a long time later, he finally came out and endorsed him. But they called me. They said, you know, Obama's going to start campaigning. I said, is that good or bad? Because I think it's a good thing. Because, you know, they did a lousy job. And I wouldn't be president of the United States if they did a good job. I wouldn't be. I probably wouldn't have run. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have won. You know, so it's one of those things. They did a lousy job, and that's why I'm your president. African-American income grew nine times more. Think of that. African-American. And these are numbers that Larry Kudlow given to me right from the book. The great Larry Kudlow. African-American income. Think of this. Grew nine times more than it did under Biden and Obama. Right? That's a big number. African-American unemployment, Hispanic-American unemployment, and Asian-American unemployment all reached record levels, like levels that nobody sees. It is amazing when Biden sits and he criticizes you, and then I say, wait a minute, it's not like he left 25 years ago. He left four years ago, less. And I say, you know, he's always criticizing. Yeah, he's not criticizing. He's got guys that write. They write pretty well, too, by the way. He has no idea what he's reading, but he's very critical. And, and you think, he's been doing this stuff for 47 years. Why didn't he do it before? Why didn't he do it before? We lifted 6.6 .6 million Americans out of poverty. Since the China virus, we have created a record in the history of our country, 11.4 million jobs over just a short period of months. We've already cut the unemployment rate in half, and we're now down to 7.8. And I'll tell you what, I never thought I'd be happy with 7.8, I told you. But when I hear 42%, 38%, it's going to go to a number like nobody in history, I said, we can't let this happen. And we did a hell of a job. Under Biden, it took 30 months to recover more than half of the jobs lost in the crisis. We did it, instead of 30 months, we did it in five months. Think of that. Jobs have been recovering 23 times faster than the Obama recovery, which was, by the way, 
the worst recovery, slowest recovery in the history of our country. Now, they only go back till 1929, so you know, I don't want to have them say, there was something that happened in 1851, but I don't think. They go back to, I think, 29, all right? Long time. But it's the slowest, the worst recovery. We've stopped businesses from leaving and factories are pouring back into our country. We've spent the last four years reversing the damage Joe Biden inflicted over the last 47 years on NAFTA. We got rid of NAFTA. Did I tell you we're going to? Everyone said you can't do it. You know why you couldn't do it? They said you couldn't do it. You know why? Because it was so good for Mexico and because it was so good for Canada, they said you'll never pull it off. They have a lot of power in our country, those two countries. I got rid of NAFTA, and now we have the USMCA, which is just kicking in. And the other two countries, we like them both very much, but they're not thrilled. TPP, we wouldn't allow it to happen. That would have destroyed your automobile businesses, right? And China's entry into the World Trade Organization, Joe Biden approved that one, the single worst deal we've ever made because China was flatlining until that happened, and then they became like a rocket ship. And they are considered, you know, a developing nation. And I said, if they're a developing nation, then we're a developing nation too, because as a developing nation, you get tremendous bonuses, and it's, you get, it's ridiculous. Uh, no more, and by the way, we just won a lawsuit, seven and a half billion dollars. We haven't won a they're treating us with respect, but we'll find out about the world trade. And we took ourselves out of the World Health Organization. Is that okay? We took ourselves out of the World Health Organization. Because, frankly, uh, you know, we put up 500 million a year. So we have 325 million people. We put up 500 million of World Health. Okay, it's not the biggest thing, but it's a lot. We did 500 million. China, 1.4 billion people. They put up 39 million a year. Other than that, it's a very fair deal, okay? This is the kind of stuff that we, I see this stuff. It, I, could, I could tell you a hundred different stories. It's so stupid and so unfair. So we took ourselves out. They're dying to have us back in. I could go back in for about $3 a year. He screams, don't go back. That's the problem. If I went back for a half a million dollars, right? I'd be criticized. The Democrats would say, what a terrible thing to do. It's incredible. Deal after deal. I could tell you hundreds of stories, but we just take care of it all, and we do it really well. For decades, our politicians spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. But now we are finally protecting our nation, rebuilding our cities, and we are bringing our jobs, our factories, and our troops Back home to the USA. They're coming back. And we've achieved energy independence, and we've done it while protecting our pristine environment. You know, right now, we have the best numbers from an environmental standpoint that we've ever had. All this talk, you know, Paris Accord, which was a total ripoff of our country. But all of this talk, we have the best numbers that we've had Ever. Now, ever. I always have to preface it, because these people, ever, meaning, let's say, over the last 50 years. Because, you know, once you get back too far, we had no people, right? You know, I could say the best in over 200 years. Well, you know, 200 years ago, I wouldn't say we had too many factories. I recently signed an order placing a moratorium 
on offshore drilling off the coast of Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and a place known as Florida. Are you okay with that? You okay with that? You know, the one that wanted it more than anybody else was Florida. Florida didn't want to see sludge coming onto their beaches, so you're not going to have it. So I just signed that up. And so you're all protected, and Matt worked very hard on it. He worked very, very hard on it. And uh, so did your other great people here today, and your governor wanted it very badly, so we got it done. We invested $2.5 trillion in the United States military. We launched the first new branch of the U.S. Armed Forces in 75 years. It's called the Space Force. I brought back NASA, which is now the number one space center by far in the world. It was a closed-up mess. And we passed VA choice and VA accountability, and we have now a 91% approval with our vets. Never had anything even close. We beat down ISIS, took 100% of the ISIS caliphate in Syria. You saw that? And Iraq. And when I came in, it was a mess. It was all over the place. And we did it. We have generals that are so incredible. We, the real generals, I'm talking not the paper generals. You have some of them, too. We have some highly rated, highly overrated generals, and we have some great ones. But these guys were unbelievable. We took 100%. Remember, I said, all right, we're coming home. We got 99%. They said, no, the, the paper. They said, we want 100%. I said, we're at 99, I want to bring them home. No, we want to hunt. So I stayed for another couple of weeks, and we took 100%. And we killed the leader of ISIS, who's killed so many people, al-Baghdadi. Right? And we took out the world's number one terrorist and the number one mass murderer, probably, well, for a long time. Killed many American troops, killed many troops, killed many people. Qasim Soleimani is dead. He's dead. One of the biggest things ever to happen in the Middle East. People couldn't even believe it. from the last administration's disastrous $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash, disastrous Iran nuclear deal. And you know what? When we win, when we win, the first call I'm going to get, and I'm not doing this as anything, and I'm not trying to taunt anybody, but because it makes sense. Their economy has gone to hell with our sanctions and everything I've done. When we win, the first call I'm going to get is a call from Iran. Let's make a deal. And I'm going to get calls from other countries. They all want to make a deal. I said, let's see, you know, because their dream is that Sleepy Joe wins. Because if Sleepy Joe wins, China will own the United States. If Sleepy Joe wins, Iran will make another crazy deal where we pay him a fortune for nothing. We got nothing in that deal. That was a John Kerry incompetent deal. And the only time he got up, instead of walking away, was to go to a bicycle race. Remember that? 73 years old. And that's when I pledged I will never, ever enter a bicycle race. And he fell and he broke his leg in his shoulder or something. 
but at least it forced him away from the table. I thought maybe we got lucky. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. They've been talking about that for 52 years. They'd fly in, fly out. 52 years. I got it done in about uh, two hours. And instead of the endless war, we are forging peace in the Middle East. In fact, I got three Nobel Peace Prize nominations. Only one for the Middle East. Only one for the Middle East. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But, you know, I tell you because they don't cover it. When Obama got it, he didn't even, he just said, what did I do? He had no idea what he did. And they made it a big story when I got it. I, when I did a good job. Kosovo, Serbia. You know, they were killing each other for many years, killing lots of people. It was like just they fight for years and decades and centuries. And they just fight. And we're making these trade deals. I said, wait a minute. Well, we're making the deals. Let's put these two countries together. Let's save a lot of lives. And it was easy because, you know, we have all the cards. We have the money. We have the trade. We, we got them together. We made wonderful deals for our country. But as part of the deal, we got them together, economically together. Isn't that good, right? Nobody can believe it. But that's the way you do it. I did more in 47 months than Joe Biden did in 47 years. And it's true. But now the Democrats are pushing the most far-left agenda ever put forward by a presidential nominee. You know, it's an amazing thing. This is the weakest presidential. Oh. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead. 100-year-old veteran right here. Wow. God, he looks beautiful. 100, huh? Looks better than I do. 100, that's great. What's your name? Well, I want to thank you very much. And he does not need Regeneron, okay? That I can tell you. He looks, you look fantastic. So sit down and enjoy it, okay? What a beautiful guy. 100. You look beautiful. Thank you. Congratulations. That's nice. Great. I'm glad you pointed it out. The Biden plan would destroy Social Security, destroy protections for pre existing conditions. You know that. Biden vowed to terminate our travel bans. On jihadist regions, he wants to get rid of the travel. You know, I won the travel ban, right? So that countries that hate us, countries that want to hurt us, they can't send their people. Somehow that makes a little sense. 105? That's beautiful. Wow, 105. Wow. 105. So he went through what? What? How many? Two? How many wars? Two wars? Well, he looks good, I'll tell you. That's great. Congratulations. You look beautiful. He's got a better head of hair than I do. I like your hair better than mine. Look at that guy. 105 and he's got better hair than the president. 
Good. Enjoy it. Thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. 100 and 105. Beautiful. Thank you very much. So they want to surge refugee admissions by 700 percent. This was agreed to with Crazy Bernie. Opening the floodgates to radical Islamic terrorism. We're not doing it. He'll ban school choice, which we have to have. So important. They want to end charter schools. You know why? Because he's controlled by certain people. You know who the people are? And I say it with hesitation because I have tremendous respect for teachers, okay? Tremendous respect. I love teachers. And he wants to end your Florida Opportunity Scholarships. In the second term, I will provide school choice to every parent in America. We're already starting. A vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, and a limitless future for all Americans. It's very simple. It's really a vote for the American dream. That's what it is. Like these two guys, 100 and 105. Look at them. Great going. Great. That's beautiful. A lot of spirit. Hey, do we have spirit or what? Well, that's one thing even the fake news admits. Our level of enthusiasm, the Trump, whatever the hell you want to call us, the group, is way, is off the charts. I believe it's the highest in the history of elections, but... It's the highest in history. And his level of enthusiasm is called non-existent. It's non-existent. There is no enthusiasm. You go through the communities, there's signs on every Trump Pence, Trump Pence, Trump, Trump Pence. I mean, you have to see it. It's like unbelievable. You don't see Biden stuff. You don't see it. We have the greatest level of enthusiasm, they say, I don't know, that they've ever recorded. And by the way, one other thing. Gallup came out with a poll the other day. You saw it, right? 56% of the people in a pandemic are better off now than they were under the Obama Biden. And it's the best number, I think they said, ever recorded. And we're in a pandemic. It's not anybody's fault, but we're in a pandemic. 56. There's another one that's even more interesting. 62% of the people polled. This was Gallup, I think. 62% of the people polled, right, said they're lying. If that's the case, we're going to have the greatest landslide in history. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if I should be honored by it, but we'll take it. I probably shouldn't be talking about it, but we'll take it. Now, did you see that one? 62% of the because they don't want to be bothered. Just leave me alone. We'll vote for Biden. Who the hell cares? But then they go. I can tell you, a lot of people vote for us that you have no idea because they want low taxes. They want a strong military. They want a lot of things that we're doing. Over the next four years, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world, and we will end our reliance on China once and for all, which we're already doing. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. Thank you. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms, your Second Amendment. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our citizens, and we will keep America out of the endless, horrible, ridiculous foreign wars. 
We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. And that's what we have. We have now the greatest equipment any country has ever possessed. The greatest in the world, all made in the USA, by the way. We've restocked, we've rebuilt, we have the greatest fighter jets, missiles, rockets, ships. We have the greatest military ever. Russia, China, everybody is envious. They know. Everybody is envious. We have the hydrosonic missiles that you used to hear about. We didn't have them because other countries were stealing our plans from the Obama administration. But we now have hydrosonic missiles. We have the greatest military ever. And we did it very, very quickly. And I only hope to God, you know, our whole nuclear arsenal has been redone. Hope to God we never have to use it. But the fact that we are so strong, when I came here, you heard the story. One of the generals, most highly overrated general I've ever met, actually. He said, sir, we have no ammunition. I said, no president should ever have to hear that. We have no ammunition. Now we have so much ammunition, we don't know what the hell to do with it. All made in the USA. We will end surprise medical billing, require price transparency already signed, and it kicks in on January 1st, and further reduce the cost of prescription drugs. We will strongly protect Medicare and Social Security, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Please remember. And we got rid of the individual mandate from Obamacare, which was a disaster. And if we can end Obamacare, we'll end up with a much better health care at a much lower cost with protection for people with pre-existing conditions. So we'll see how that all works out. America will land the first woman on the moon in the United States. We'll be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars, our space center, NASA. By the way, is that a beautiful sight? Look at that plane. I mean, I hate to tell you, but I have the exact same plane at home. It's true, the exact same, the exact same plane. Except it's a different company that made the engines. I think those are Pratt & Whitney and I have Rolls-Royce, I'm sorry. No, I have the exact same plane, but that is one of the most beautiful planes. 757, one of the most beautiful planes in the world. That's the smaller version of Air Force One, you know that. See, I'm trying to save a couple of bucks for the contract. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our school. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. And by the way, you see what's happening with all these sports leagues that don't respect our country, right? They're going down the tubes. Their ratings are down. The NBA, the NBA's down 70%. Because you know what? People don't want to hear it. They want to watch sports. They've got enough politics. They don't want to hear it. So you know what? It's too bad, but that's the way it is. Stand proud for our flag and stand proud for our anthem, right? And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto, In God We Trust.
For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of Florida. Right? So get your friends, get your family, get your co-workers, get everybody, even if you have a boss, get the boss and say, boss, I'm going to rip you out of your office. We're going to go and we're going to vote. Go vote. It's the most important election in our history. This is more important than four years ago. Most important election in our history. Early voting starts on Monday, so remember. And keep your eyes open when you watch these ballots coming in. Thank you. I love you, too. Go out and vote. Send in your absentee ballots if you want to do it that way, but make sure it counts. From Tampa to Tallahassee, from Pensacola to Miami, and from Jacksonville to right here in Ocala. I love Ocala. I love this place. I love horses, right? You like horses around here, right? A lot of friends who live here. We inherit the legacy of Florida Patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. We stand on the shoulders of American heroes who crossed the oceans, blazed the trails, settled the continent, tamed the wilderness, laid down the railroads, dug out the Panama Canal, raised up the giant skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and from here in this beautiful, wonderful state with that fabulous sun, landed our brave American astronauts on the face of the moon, right? We made America into the single greatest nation in the history of the world, and the best is yet to come. It's coming fast. Proud citizens like you help build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. That's happening now. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working, we are going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Florida, we have made America wealthy again. We have made America strong again. We have made America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. Get out and vote.
Georgia. I love being with you. This is Georgia. This is Macon, Georgia. We won Macon, Georgia. We're going to win it again. It's great to be back in the heart of this incredible state with the thousands of loyal, hardworking, unbelievable American patriots. Thank you very much. And 18 days from now, we're going to win the state of Georgia. We're going to win four more years. Isn't that beautiful and incredible in so many ways? That beautiful White House, right? And just remember, early voting is underway. Get out and vote. Go out and vote. So we're running against, perhaps, the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics. Can you believe this? Did you watch last night? I mean, give me a break. But actually, I wish he was a good candidate, because it actually puts more pressure on you running against a guy like this. Sleepy Joe Biden is the living embodiment of the corrupt political class that enriched itself while draining the economic life and soul from our country. You know what's happened. You know very well in Georgia what happened. For the last 47 years, Joe Biden shipped away your jobs, shut down your factories, threw open your borders, and ravaged our cities while sacrificing American blood and treasure in endless and ridiculous foreign wars. in places you've never even heard of before. How ridiculous. He's a servant of the wealthy donors, globalists, and special interests who got rich, bleeding America dry. And by the way, I could call these guys. Every one of them would give me millions. I'm president. I called heads of Wall Street firms. I'd say, hey, do me a favor. Could you give me five million every single one? I can't do that, though, because you know what? If I do that, I got to do things for them, and I don't want to do — I want to do what's right. I could call. I could raise more money. I could raise more money. I'd be the world's greatest fundraiser, but I just don't want to do it. Because then they call you, and you sort of say, hey, you know, they treated me good. I got to treat them good. I know you don't think that's the way the system works, but that's the way the system, I guess, works, unfortunately. But it doesn't work that way for me. In 2016, you voted to fire this corrupt, and decrepit political establishment, and you elected an outsider as president to finally put America first. And we've learned over the last couple of months, Joe Biden is a corrupt politician. He's a corrupt politician. And the Biden family is a criminal enterprise. Frankly, it makes crooked Hillary Clinton look like an amateur. Now, who ever saw anything like this? He goes to China, the kid is followed like a vacuum cleaner. He follows and follows and follows. And unfortunately, it sounds like he left his laptop behind, or they have thousands. Here's a guy didn't have a job, but now he's taking in millions, and plenty of it goes to Joe Biden, too. Don't kid yourself. It goes to Joe Biden. Did you see the one today? The guy gets 10 percent, 10 percent. I wonder who the guy is. This was not a good between Anthony Weiner's laptop and this laptop. These are two beauties. 
I think this one could be worse than the Wiener laptop. Yet this massive scandal is being covered up by the media and big tech. Right? All those people. Look at them. So here we have, think of it, here we have the biggest scandal going on anywhere in the world, the corruption of Joe Biden and the Biden family. And he's interviewed last night by Stephanopoulos on ABC, and they don't even ask him the question about it. No, no, think of it. They don't even ask him a question like, you know, like, how come your son got three and a half million dollars from Moscow, right? From Moscow. Russia! Because they were the ones involved with Russia, it turns out, not me. It was the opposite. But why did your son get three and a half million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow? Think of it. Think of it. A little question like that. Remember, Chris Wallace said, oh, well, you shouldn't ask him that question. Why now? Why is that, Chris? Tell me. He's no Mike. He's no Mike. Chris is no Mike. But then the other one. How about this? A billion dollars. Get rid of the prosecutor. Otherwise, you don't get the billion dollars from the United States. But that's turning out to be peanuts compared to what we're finding now. Now he wants $10 million from China to make an introduction. Would anybody here take $10 million to introduce somebody to your father? I'd do it. Dad, I'd do it for $10 million bucks. I'd love to introduce. I would do it, Pop, and he'd want me to do it. $10 million, Dad, please. Ah, oh, I had a great father. I'm not just running against Biden and that corrupt family. I'm running against the left-wing corrupt media, and we're running against big tech. big crowd, but look at that. That goes all the way back. But, you know, the media, they never show it. You ever notice? You go home. They show me and about three people behind me. People left, right? Four stars. They end up three plus one. Thank you. It's very interesting. I love that, but no politician, I believe, has ever heard that chant. Really. We love somebody. No, think of it. Reagan, I love Reagan. He was a wonderful guy. You never heard the chant, we love Reagan. You never heard that. This started a few weeks ago, and it's amazing. I'm, and I appreciate it very much. I do. I appreciate it. And I love this state. I love Georgia. You know, when you had the hurricane overdrive where it came in and wiped out a lot of your area, David Perdue is a fantastic guy who may be here someplace. But David Perdue called me and said, you got to do me a favor. You got to help us with our farmers. And we gave them a hell of a lot of money. We helped. They got wiped out by a hurricane. You know, you don't hit too many hurricanes, right? 
But this was a big monster that hit Florida, hit a lot of different areas, hit Alabama. We took care of Alabama. We took care of Georgia. We took care of Georgia. Took care of our farmers. I'll never forget, I stood. I came here and I stood, and I was with 32 farmers. All of them got hit hard. And one of them said, sir, I was a week away from having the best crop I've ever had. And it got ripped apart, just ripped apart. It wasn't his fault that we took care of him. We took care of all of them, okay? And it made me feel good. It made me feel good. Great people. And they never asked for anything. They just want a level playing field. That's all they ever wanted. And I raised, by the way, 28 billion. Thank you, China, because they targeted our farmers. 12 billion, and then the next year, 16 billion dollars. Frankly, you did better without even working, if you want to know the truth. Came from China, and we did a hell of a job. And those farmers are all happy today, but they were targeted by China. We got $28 billion in tariffs, and we gave it to your farmers. And everybody's uh, doing just fine today, right? But the radical left is doing everything in their power to protect their chosen candidate who has no clue where he is. He's gone. <laughs> They've nothing but disdain for you and for your values and the values of Georgia. I know Georgia very well. They flood your communities with criminal aliens, with drugs, crime, while leaving behind. And you see what they do. They live in gated communities, but they flood you out. They complain about guns and they complain about everything. And then they want to end your Second Amendment, but they want protection for themselves. They oppose school choice while sending their families to the best private schools. We need school choice, by the way. They demonize our great couple. And you know, you see this. Hello, look how beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> They demonize our great police and law enforcement while hiring private security for themselves. They attack the Second Amendment every single day while employing armed guards. And let me tell you, I am the only thing standing in the way of you and your Second Amendment. It's under siege. That's a big deal. They support crippling lockdowns while their jobs remain totally exempt. It's time we sent a message to these wealthy liberal hypocrites. I could have every one of them. By the way, I mean, just like I said before, I can go. I know these guys. I can call them all. Hey, do me a favor. Irving, send me five million. Okay, I'll do it. Donald, I'll do it if you want it. I, oh, man, I got to do it. Do you mind if I take one week and just do it? I will set the all-time record on fundraising. Man, would I be good at that. It's so easy. I wouldn't have to explain a thing. But they come from Washington. They come from New York. They come from Silicon Valley. And by the way, those Silicon Valley guys are sort of getting caught, aren't they, huh? Section 230. I'm sure most of you don't know what that means. Section 230. These guys, they're given powers, they're given rights by Washington, and then they claim free speech, right? They claim, but no, but they're giving an exemption. They're given a total exemption, and they can't abuse that power. And there's a lot of things going on right now, and 
A lot of your people are looking. We have some of those people here, your great congressmen, senators, and we'll be introducing them in a second, but they're looking very hard at Section 230. On Election Day, you can send a message that the fake news media right there. Boy, there are a lot of them. Look at that. It looks like the Academy Awards. It's a lot of people. a lot of people. Look at those cameras. They're all running with those red lights. But every time I mention their name, those red lights go off. You know, the red lights, that means you're live. And then they start talking about them. They say, get the light off. Turn it off. Go to a break. Let's go to a break right now. At fake news, CNN, they don't know what. They are so fake. They really are. They're just disgusting. NBC is no better. Did you get to see last night? You did a good job. But look, I mean, I could have had somebody else. They're all the same. I mean, they ask you a question, you give them an answer, right? But I want to tell you that she's like disappeared. Everybody thought it was so inappropriate. Here they give this guy softballs. Did you see a week ago Lester Holt? Lester Holt, another genius. Lester Holt. Here, Mr. Vice President, sir, what did you have for dinner, sir? Was it good? And in Savannah, it was like her face, the anger, the craziness. I mean, the craziness last night. And I said goodbye. I said, great job, Savannah. You did wonderfully. Good job. But we got very high marks for that last night. But they thought it was very unfair that... That sleepy Joe who cannot answer a question. He really can't answer a question. Well, Chris Wallace protected him with me. I talked about the Moscow three-and-a-half million payment. I talked about the billion dollars. Chris Wallace wouldn't let the — he said, no, that's not appropriate. Why? You mean the guy's allowed to take three-and-a-half million bucks and we're not allowed to talk to him about it? I'm telling you, that Biden family and others, but that Biden family is corrupt. It's a corrupt family. And with me and my kids, let me tell you, my kids, I'll tell you something, though, and it's very, lock them up. You should lock them up. Lock up the Bidens. Lock up Hillary. Lock them up. Can you imagine if my kids did what this guy Hunter is doing? Ivanka. Oh, my beautiful, my wonderful Ivanka. She's an innocent, she's a good kid. Can you imagine? And you know, she's much smarter, much sharper. She could, if she wanted to, how could she do well? And Don and Eric and Tiffany, they're just, they're good kids. But you know, we don't do things. We don't, it's like, boy, they'd make a fortune. Just think of it. And when you look at what they get away with, and by the way, Biden's brother, try that one. I won't go too deep in the family. I'm not looking to insult everybody. But honestly, in my opinion, it's a criminal enterprise. It's a criminal enterprise. He's like a vacuum cleaner. The, the father goes through and the son comes in a vacuum cleaner. Millions of dollars pouring in. And take a look at the way they live. 47 years he's a politician. He lives very well. Almost as well as Maxine Waters. You ever see her house? Maxine. Maxine Waters, what a beautiful house she lives in. I wonder how that happened. On election day, you can send a message that the fake news media can't get away with it any longer. We can't let them get away with it any longer. And these big tech companies, 
You know, it's funny because I've heard about the big tech companies. I didn't care too much. And I heard the power was unbelievable. And it's like 99% for the other side. And I kept hearing about big tech, the power, the power, the power. And I ran. I kept hearing it. You know what the hell. In one ear, out the other. But I kept hearing. And we won. So I kept hearing after that, we won. And I said, well, wait a minute. If they're so powerful, how come we won? Right? They were 100% against us. But now it's gotten worse and worse. And now they've gone crazy. They've gone crazy. How about our magnificent Kaylee, right? So Kaylee. I don't know what the word would be. I guess suspended. But they suspended her account because she posted an article from the New York Post, which is one of the largest papers in the country, which, by the way, I want to thank them. They've the one paper. They've really got guts. They're printing this stuff. They got to be making a fortune as much as they can make in that industry nowadays. But, you know, when you look at the failing New York Times and the Washington Post, they don't want to write about it. They don't want to write. This is the biggest political scandal. No, I'm sorry. It's the second biggest political scandal. The biggest political scandal, we caught them. That's when they spied on our campaign and tried to take down your president. But this is the second biggest political scandal. These are a bunch of bad people. And you think it's fun doing what I do, right? (laughs) No, I had a great life, I want to tell you. I was doing well. I was having a lot of fun. But you know what? I would never give up what we've achieved. Think of what we've achieved. The other side. I mean, honestly, there are a lot of successful people. There are a lot of people that are successful. got a lot of them right here. A lot of successful people. But nobody in first three and a half years, nobody, first three and a half years, nobody has achieved in the history of our country what we've achieved with our military, with our tax cuts, with our regulation plan, with all of the things that we've done. Nobody has done as much as we've done. Things like Right to Try, things like Space Force. Thank you very much. You know, I always get them. I said, turn the cameras, turn the cameras. So we just left Florida. We had a crowd that was like like this. It was massive. It went on forever. I said, turn the cameras, show the crowd. They don't realize it's actually good for them because it's exciting. It's like being at a Florida State, Florida, Ohio State, if you want to say. It's a massive football game. You know, before we had a socially distance where you have all these empty seats, right? You'll be back very soon. You'll be back very soon. But, but. And then, of course, Georgia. Not bad. You're doing okay. But, but, and who's the greatest of them all from Georgia? Who's the greatest of them all from Georgia? Herschel. Herschel. By the way, how good was Herschel Walker, right? He made a lot of quarterbacks look good. Here, Herschel run it. Boom. Six yards, nine yards, ten yards, a hundred yards. And he's on our side, and he's an incredible guy. Herschel Walker. I remember when he was playing here, they had, like, the ballad. The ballad to Herschel Walker. He was, like, just a legendary guy. Remember? From the time he started, just boom. Six yards, eight yards, ten yards. 
And then the quarterback goes, he says, I think I'm going to sign with the NFL. It's like uh, amazing. But Herschel's been great, and Herschel loves his state, and the fact that we have his endorsement so strongly, I mean, so strongly, we, we love it. But what a great football player he was. What a great winner. We want to thank Herschel. The ballot to Herschel Walker. On November 3rd, show the people, the great American people, that we're in charge, that we're delivering Sleepy Joe Biden and that whole group of radical left crazies. And by the way, he's not really radical left, but he's got no choice. He's got absolutely nothing going. They're running the party. How about Kamala? Kamala. How good did Mike Pence do? So how good did Mike Pence do a week ago against Kamala? That was easy. That was easy. Mike is great. He's doing a great job. And uh, he really did. He did a great job. Uh, but it's very unfair. You know, it's so unfair. When you watch, when you watch, okay, you watch last night, and you see the anger and the hatred. I'm saying, well, look, let's just do this thing. Just take it easy. Relax. Just relax. Take it nice and easy, okay? Okay. She said, but I told you that's true. I told I said, I don't believe you. Why would I believe you? You know? You see that where she's screaming? I said, well, who told me? I told you. I said, who cares if you told me? What are you telling me? But we got very high marks. But compare that. Could you imagine if Joe Biden was treated like Savannah Guthrie treated us? Not me. It's us. Could you imagine? He would be freaked out. He would probably be under the table. He would be under the table. And she's easy compared to President Xi and Putin and Kim Jong-un and plenty of others. She's like uh, easy pickings. But could you imagine if she came at him? Did you see? Now, I was interviewed a couple of weeks by, by uh, George Stephanopoulos, and it was a tough interview, but it was fine. I don't say, like, you know, give me the answers or the questions. Do you ever see where they ask him a question and then he starts reading the answer? That means he has the answers to I never saw anything like what's going on in my entire life. They asked, how about, did you see that a week ago where it said, move it up a little close, I can't read the damn answer. They, this is the fake news, I'm, I've been saying it. I am so proud of the fact that I've exposed these people for what they are. I'm telling you. Look at all that equipment. It's millions of dollars worth of equipment. And you know what? If they were truthful, our country would come together so fast. It's very true. They're a big part of the problem. I was saying today, I was telling uh, when I was in Florida, I was telling the story that, you know, our people, we're going to bring it all together. And they said, how are you going to do it? Through success. Because we were ready. We had the most successful economy we've ever had. We never had an economy. African-American, Hispanic-American, Asian-American, women, people with high school diplomas, people without high school diplomas, people from MIT, top of their class, geniuses, physicists, chemical engineers. Everybody was doing better than they've ever done. And then we had the plague sent to us by China. We're not going to forget that. We're not going to forget that. We're not going to forget it. And they know we're not going to forget it. They know it damn well that we're not going to forget it. And now we're — we closed it down. We saved millions of lives. They don't say that, you know. We're over 200,000. That's terrible. 
But compared to other nations, it's, it's uh, amazing what we've been able to do. But we saved millions. It was supposed to be 2.2 million lives, right? And we saved millions of lives. And now we're rebuilding it back, and our economy is setting records. What we're doing is setting records. But if I don't sound like a typical Washington politician, is because I'm not a politician. And if I don't always play by the rules of the Washington establishment, and it would make, you know, it would make my life a lot easier, to be honest. I know how to play those rules. Remember they used to say, and I used to play the game about acting presidential. I'm a smart guy. We're a lot of smart people here. I'm smart. And I always said it's much easier to be presidential than to do what I do. Right? Remember? And I said, I'm more presidential if I wanted to be, but I got to get things done. I don't have enough time. There's so many stupid things that happen with bad deals, stupid deals, bad trade deals. But do you remember I used to go and I would have fun, but I used to go and I'd imitate a president who's playing presidential. That's so easy compared to what we do. What we do is much more difficult. I said, I can be more presidential than any president in our history, with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln when he wore the hat. That was tough to be. That was tough to be. But do you remember I do it? We had fun with it. We'd say, ladies and gentlemen of Georgia, this is your president, and it is a great honor to be with you tonight. Things are going very well with our country. Our military is building. And, you know, so I could do that. And, you know, within about three minutes, everybody would pick up and they'd say, let's get the hell out of here. This guy's... Now, we're doing a great job. We're renegotiating these horrible trade deals. We're bringing our people back home. Our soldiers are great heroes. Because I was elected to fight for you, and I fight harder for you than any president has ever fought for the people of this country. By the way, I have to tell you, the spirit in this country is unbelievable, but the spirit in these rallies are unbelievable. And, and you know, hey, we were in Minnesota. We're going to win Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, I think, hasn't been won since 1972. We're going to win Minnesota. We're going to win Minnesota. Opened up the INR. We opened up areas of Minnesota that they closed. In Maine, Obama took away 5,000 square miles of ocean. Can you believe it? I gave it back to the people of Maine. We're doing things that nobody's, uh, nobody's ever thought about doing, ever done. Uh, we went into, you take a look at, take a look at Minneapolis. The place was burning down. The National Guard goes in. 30 minutes, would you say? Remember they formed that beautiful scene. After watching this for a week and a half, and we want to do it with Portland. Portland would be so easy. Wise guys. They're just wise guys. These are wise guys in there. You know, you had the one guy who killed somebody in the street. Took him three days to arrest. I sent in the U.S. Marshals, you know? 
15 minutes later, it was over. I said, why hasn't that guy been? They all knew who they were putting his picture up. I said, why hasn't he been arrested? Well, sir, they haven't. I said, really? You got another day. We sent in the U.S. Marshals. In 15 minutes, we had the greatest law enforcement people in the world. 15 minutes later, it was all over for him. But the forces opposing me in Washington are the same people who are responsible for every disastrous trade deal, foreign policy blunder, and border security betrayal. Look at our border. Our southern border is so great. By the way, we've topped 400 miles of wall. <laughs> Building 10 miles a week. It'll be finished very soon. But it's had an incredible impact. Our border has never been as good. We got rid of catch and release, all the stuff that everybody said would be impossible. But it's been uh, incredible. And Mexico is paying for the wall. You do know that, okay? They like to say, now finally they say, okay, he's building the wall. But Mexico's not paying for it. No, no, Mexico is paying for it. Uh, they know that, but they don't like to say it. No, we're doing uh, some incredible things. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And I used to, even two, three months ago, I said, well, you know, this is like very important, but 2016 was important. This is more important. This is more. And you know, success will bring us together, as I was saying. But you know what else is going to bring us together? A victory. Because they're just going to finally say, let's just give up. They're going to say, these people can't be beaten. They're going to say, these people can't be beaten. And many of them were so happy. Two weeks ago, they heard Trump tested positive. They were so happy. And then I got out, like, right away. Here I am, like a long time. I could have got They say, can you imagine he won't be able to hold any more rallies? He'll be recovering or worse or worse. He'll be recovering or worse. And like uh, 12 minutes later, here we are, you know, like, don't forget, I was, I've been doing this for a long time already. This is not my first rally, right? But all these rallies are like this. The spirit of this country is unbelievable. And that's what we have. And even the fake news admits we have more enthusiasm than any candidate in the history of this country. True. And he has less enthusiasm, in my opinion, than any candidate. I think he's the weakest candidate in the history of presidential politics. I really mean it. Now, with all of that being said, they have a corrupt media, they have big tech, they have all of this stuff. It's a very powerful party. And they have advantages. You know, they automatically win New York. I don't know why New York is doing so badly. They automatically win California. I don't know why California is doing so badly. The forest fires, no water, no this, no that. You know, minor little problems. They automatically win Illinois. I mean, we got to run the table. We got it's automatic because it's just the way it falls. You know, winning the electoral college is a very, very hard thing to do. And we just ran the string, right? But it's a very hard thing to do. But we're winning in Florida. We're winning here. You know, it's amazing. Like, if he came here, Sleepy Joe, if he came here, honestly, 
if they announced, they'd work really hard to try and find people. No, I really mean this. We have tens of thousands. Look at this. This thing goes back, way, way back. I wish they wouldn't give these guys a good look. I wish they'd move them back 100 yards. And, and I'm telling my people, I just, I'll save a little time. My people, please, from now on, could you please move the fake news media back like another 100 yards? I hope you're listening, too. No, because you know what? Those cameras, they have magnifiers on. They can be back, and you can get a lot of people. So instead of standing behind the camera and looking at the cameraman's ass, we don't need that. Okay? Just move them back, and we get more people up here, because it goes back forever. Thank you back there. We love you. Thank you. But we're going to move it back. Move them back. Move This can only happen in Georgia. You know, I have an idea. It just gave me an idea. We'll have a new T-shirt tomorrow morning. Move them back. Well, we did it with, you know, we did it with this crazy Hunter, Hunter Biden. Remember? Where's Hunter? I kept saying, where the hell is Hunter? Because he was gone. You know, they caught him stealing a lot of money. So he, like, disappeared, remember? And we, I said, where's Hunter? And then I said, wait a minute. That's a great idea for a T-shirt. We came out with a T-shirt. Where's Hunter? It became one of the big successes of the year. Where's Hunter? We were talking today about drug prices. And, you know, in this country, we have a very bad system. And we have middlemen that are very rich. And I was talking about how we're cutting out the middlemen. Oh, these are not people that like me very much. And we're going with favored nations and all that stuff. We're getting your drug prices down 60, 70, 80 percent. But the middlemen, the middlemen are making all of this money tremendous. They're very wealthy. They don't even do anything. Frankly, at least the drug companies, they make the drug. So we're talking about we're talking about the middlemen. And I say, wait a minute. I think I know one of the middlemen. It must be Hunter. Hunter Biden is a middleman. On top of everything else, China, Ukraine, Russia. Plus, he's a middleman. Ah, what a family. Biden's made a corrupt bargain in exchange, and that's what he's done. It's a corrupt bargain in exchange for his party's nomination, which, by the way, should have gone to Bernie. You know, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, if she would have left a day before Super Tuesday, Joe Biden would not have won any of those states. They split up the vote. It was super liberal, her, and it was crazy Bernie. And I say it all the time. I think Bernie Sanders is the nicest, greatest loser I've ever seen because, <laughs> no, it's true. And I mean this, and you know, we're going to get a lot of their votes because they love us on trade. Because the one thing Bernie's right on is every country in this world, including our so-called allies, excuse me, are there any children in the house? Okay, close your ears, children. Screws us on trade. And Bernie's people know that. And Bernie's into it. The problem is Bernie wouldn't be able to do anything about it. I've done a lot about it. I've done a lot about it. But, you know, that's why. We got a lot. We got a big percentage of Bernie people. And because they didn't like Hillary, but they don't like Joe. And uh, we're going to get a lot of Bernie people, so I have to be nice to Bernie. But I consider him a really good loser because he loses with such — he's so nice about it. He loses? I mean, what she did to him was bad. But this was, in a way, worse because — 
All Elizabeth Warren had to do is leave the campaign, didn't even have to endorse him, and he would have gotten votes, and he would have won every single state on Super Tuesday. And that didn't happen. And so now we have a guy with a little bit larger base, but no energy. Here we would have had somebody with a smaller base, but with tremendous energy, but not as much energy as we do, and we have a big base, so I like that either. A long, complex story, but what the hell? I have nothing but time, right? What the hell? In exchange for his party's nomination, he's uh, handed control. And you know that in exchange to the socialists and the Marxists and the far-left lunatics. If he wins, the radical left will be running this country. They're addicted to power. And God help our country if that happens. I really mean it. You'll never make a comeback. It'll be a large-scale version of Venezuela. I've been saying that for a year, but I've never meant it like I mean it now. The only difference is the size, because the ideology is the same. Venezuela, 20 years ago, less, was so wealthy, one of the wealthiest countries. It had oil, it had everything. Very, very magnificent. Now they don't have water, they don't have medicine, they don't have food. Everyone's fleeing the country. You know, the only difference is the size. But the ideology, when you look at a Portland, I want them to let us in. I said, Governor of Oregon, I said, let us come in. I want to solve your problem. But they're radical left Democrats. You know, it's just like the craziest thing. But that's what Venezuela is. They're anarchists. You look at some of these cities, they're anarchists, and they don't want to say. And the press wants to call them peaceful protests. And we originally had a hard time. We had a hard time. They didn't want us to have any rallies in certain states. And then I realized, you're not allowed to go to church. You're not allowed to have dinner with people. You're not allowed to do anything, unless in Michigan you happen to be married to the governor because her husband. You're not allowed to go sailing unless you're married to the governor of Michigan, in which case you can go sailing. Remember that? Did she get caught or what? Now she's blaming me because people were whatever. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I wasn't. And it was our people that caught them, right? It's Trump's fault. Always Trump's fault. Isn't it incredible? And yet we did our favor. Who knows? I mean, they have to look at that whole thing, too. But we are doing an incredible job in this country. This country is great. And we have spirit like nobody's had spirit. And there's going to be a red wave next week that's going to be unbelievable. And they're talking about it. Look at that. That's millions of dollars worth of equipment. And they'll never turn it around to show those people back there because they want to say. Donald Trump had a rally in Georgia. There was a smattering of people, a small smattering. No, it's uh, amazing. Nobody's ever had what we've had. And you're going to have a red wave. They call it a red wave. One of these characters standing right there, he said, uh, there could be a red wave. Don't say there could be. There will be. It's going to be a wave. And they don't want to go the phony, uh, unsolicited ballot. You know, they send ballots out by the millions. They don't have no idea. Well, they do actually have an idea where they're going. That's what really. But we say, who's sending them? Where are they going? Who's getting them? Who's delivering them? Who's signing them? What the hell are they doing? And then if you say that, they go, he's not for freedom. He's not for freedom. 
And they know better than you do. It's a big con job. So we have to be very, very careful with the ballots because they find ballots in a garbage can last week. Military ballots that had the name Trump on them, and they're in a garbage can. They found 50,000 ballots from Ohio. They find them from North Carolina, dumped in a river. They find them, I think, 500,000 ballots in Virginia. They were incorrect. They're printing them wrong. They had one little problem on one set of ballots, thousands and thousands, thousands. They forgot to put the name of Donald Trump on the ballot. Other than that, the ballot was quite good, okay? No, no, this is a serious, and I'm being serious about this. These people are doing a tremendous disservice, and they're using COVID as the reason. You know, they're using, they're using this as a reason not to go out and vote. So we voted in World War One, where, by the way, you had a pandemic that made this look like peanuts, okay? World War One. They voted in World War One. They voted in World War Two. They voted during the Great Depression. They voted, voted, voted. But we can't do that. You got to send in a ballot. So complicated, too. They have instructions. You do the ballot, then you do this. But some of them make it nice and simple. You don't have to sign. You don't have to verify. But what they don't tell you is we've won a lot of court cases. How about you put your ballot in, and it has to be in by November 3rd. But you have two weeks in which to get — so wait a minute. You have two weeks to count them. Does that mean we have to hold up the whole election? Because you know what? I want to find out who won or lost. I want to find out legitimately who won or lost on November 3rd. I'm not looking to find out. I'm not looking to find out on November 19th or on December 1st or on uh, two years from now. And if you take a look at some of these ballot schemes, in New York, we had one, a third-rate politician named Carolyn Maloney, who I know very well. She used to come to my office all the time for campaign contributions. But she won a race. The number of ballots missing, they have no idea. Her opponent, who could have won, it was very close, but they declared her the winner. But her opponent has gone totally nuts. And you know what? He should. He should. But you look at that. You look at Patterson, New Jersey. You look at what happened in Virginia. These are all races that took place recently. And they'll say, even, I must say, even in 18, they had a lot of disasters. And even in 16, I didn't even know it, but they had a lot of ballots. I, I promise you, it will be against us, okay? It will be against us. It will be against us. But you look at Nevada, we have a good chance to win Nevada, but they're sending ballots to everybody. The governor was a uh, backroom politician, and I don't want him having the fate of an election. I don't think it's right that he has the fate of our most important election ever in his hands. I don't want that. So if you see anything wrong, law enforcement's watching, marshals or U.S. marshals are watching, same type of guys. These are no games people. One thing I would say, law enforcement, they're on our side. And I said it. I said it during the debate with Joe. I said, Joe, name one law enforcement group that's supporting you. He couldn't do it. Then he was bailed out by Chris Wallace, right? I said, name one law enforcement. Then I said, here, Joe, just say the words law and order. Say those words, Joe. He didn't want to say it. I said, Joe, just say the words law, law and order. That's not hard. Joe, 
law and order. He couldn't say it. He wouldn't say it. Then he tried. I think he said law and order and safety and security, you know, because because he has to get the vote of the radical left. And they don't like law and order. And you know who likes Trump because of law and order? The suburban women. We've gone over it. I keep hearing because they want law and order. And I got a look at that. Thank you. Same thing happened four years ago. Same thing. They said, women will not vote for Trump. Women will not. Then the election's over. They said, man, the women really came out and voted for Trump, right? But suburban women. They keep saying suburban women. And I got rid of a regulation that would have destroyed the value of your homes, okay? And would have made your homes very unsafe. With low-income housing being built all over the place, right next to your house, I terminated it. And even my people, they said, sir, you don't have to terminate. We can make it much weaker. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I want it terminated, terminated, and I terminated it. Suburban women, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, I heard they, they like my policy, but they don't like my personality. I said, they don't care about my personality. They want to be safe, and they want to keep their American dream. They don't care about my personality, which I think is okay. They like my personality, and I like them. I like them. I love them. The radical left is hell-bent on destroying everything that we love and cherish. You know, it's that culture stuff, right? Cancel culture. They want cancel culture. They want to get rid of our great heroes from the past. They want to get rid of our history. They want to get rid of our culture, right? I was at Mount Rushmore. They want to blow Mount Rushmore up. I said to our great governor of South Dakota, Christy, I said, Christy, it's never happening. Christy, don't worry about it. She said, you don't have to, we don't even need your help on this one. It was so beautiful, Mount Rushmore. They want to blow it up. I said, not going to happen. None of that stuff is going to happen. But I will tell you, a few months ago, if I weren't your president, you would have had the Jefferson Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial. How about Lincoln? They want to attack even Lincoln. He's probably looking down and he's saying, what the hell did I do? I was on their side, I think, right? What did I do? They want to attack the Lincoln. If I wasn't your president, they would have attacked the Jefferson Memorial. And I stopped it. I stopped a lot of things. I also saved your Second Amendment, by the way. They want to punish the middle class, expunge every last trace of traditional values, and replace the American dream with a socialist nightmare. The Democrat Party has gone crazy. But they have contempt for America. They have contempt for the United States. And I don't think Biden does, but Biden has no power. He's got no, he's gone. He's gone. Up here, he's gone. The Republican Party is proud of America. We're proud of America. We love America. We celebrate American values, American history, and American culture. And we're working to deliver a truly extraordinary American future, but I want the Republican Party to get tougher because the Republican Party, they're very good people, but they're not tough enough in terms of our values or what we stand for. They let these other people, these lunatics, get away with things like you can't spy on a campaign, you can't try and take over 
a duly elected president of the United States and get caught. And when you get caught, you have to suffer the consequences. It's very simple. Joe Biden and the Democrat Socialists will kill your jobs, dismantle your police departments, and you see that going all over with Seattle and all. And by the way, Seattle. So they knew we were going in the following day. So the night before, they raised their hands and they left. Okay, very simple. I said, that's it. Whether they like us in there or not, we're going in. They took over a big piece of the city. And they weren't going to do anything. They knew we were going in. And so the night before, they said, you know, these are little facts that I give you just to give you, because that's the way it works. They're supposed to ask us, the governors are supposed to ask us. But these radical left, you know, if you look at Republican-run states and cities, they're doing phenomenally well. Never done better. But if you look at these radical left, look at what happened to my beautiful New York since I left. Three and a half years, it was doing great. And I left. I'm not saying because, but maybe it is. But I left. I came to Washington. What's happened to New York, what they've done to that incredible city and state is so sad. Look at Chicago. Look at what's going on there. Look at what's going on. Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. It's so sad what's going on. And these are radical left, no bail, no cash bail, no nothing. I mean, you kill somebody, no problem, no problem. They're going to have to get their act together. They're going to have to get their act together, because we're not going to put up with it much longer. They want to dissolve your borders, release criminal aliens, raise your taxes. And by the way, I'm cutting your taxes big. Biden, this guy. No, Biden wants to substantially raise your taxes. And then he says, well, I'm only talking about people. I said, no, no, no. He wants to terminate the tax cuts that we gave you. So that's 2000 And then you look at the energy cuts, and you look at the child tax credit, and you look, it's $1,000 each. And you look at all, it's seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 a family. Well, if you're going to terminate it, that means that's $9,000. Well, I don't know about that. You know, then he pulls out a piece of paper and he starts reading it out of his... Did you see that? He did that yesterday. He pulled out a piece of paper because he couldn't remember any of the numbers. He pulls out. And George Stephanopoulos is sitting there watching this. He didn't treat me as nice. You know, so I did him two weeks ago, too. And he was okay. He was fine. You know, it is what it is, right? He's going to ask me a question, right? You know the expression? He asks you a question. I give him an answer. That's all you can do, right? You can't do any better than that. But they were nasty, you know, pretty nasty. And not terrible, but pretty nasty. Last night, was she was out of line, I mean, in my opinion. She was out of line. Look, as I said, just relax. Take it nice and easy. But when you watch the one the week before, it's just so, it's such a difference. The beauty is the people of our country get it. They're smart. They get it. They get it. They get it better than NBC owned by Comcast, C-O-N. I'd call it Comcast. You know, it used to be calm. They spend a fortune on public relations, and I come along and call them Comcast all the time. It's a con job. They want to confiscate your guns, drive God from the public square, and abolish the suburbs. That's what they want to do. To defend our Constitution from this madness, I proudly nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the United States Supreme Court.
she's great. She's so smart. She's so smart, right? She's done a great job. She's done a great job. And uh, she went through it, no problem. And they came at her. They came at her. It was like, it was like uh, your Atlanta team when they were good a couple of years ago. How the hell did they lose that Super Bowl? Could you have? How the hell did that happen? I keep thinking, man, if you own that team or you worked for that team, that was like a, that was a long shot. But, you know, it's one of those things. But that was like that team playing a high school football team, right? She was so much more talented than those people that were trying to embarrass her. And she was cool as hell. The coolest was, do you have notes? Do you have notes? Yeah. What? A blank. No. She doesn't need to write down notes. I don't have notes either, right? So. And most of this has been off this teleprompter, because it was on the teleprompter. Many of you would say, this is a little boring. Let's get out of here, Sam. Last night, Biden refused to rule out court packing. In other words, they may take 16, 17, 18 people. He'll pack the court with radical left judges who will shred your Second Amendment, disarm law-abiding citizens, and protect terrorists and violent criminals. You know, I won the ban from jihadist countries or other countries. If people are bad, we don't want them in. So I went for the ban. Everybody said, but I won. I won in the Supreme Court. And you know what? We don't want people that can't love our country. We don't want people that are going to hurt our country. So I have a ban. Very controversial. And we won at the United States Supreme Court. And we don't let people in from certain countries that are going to look to do bad things to us. Pretty amazing what's happened, isn't it? Biden's agenda would also be a catastrophe for Georgia seniors. Seniors. Do we have any seniors in the House? Right? We're proud to be seniors, right? For years, Biden tried to cut your Social Security. You know that, and your Medicare. Now Biden is pledging mass amnesty and free health care for illegal aliens, decimating Medicare and destroying your Social Security, because that's what's going to happen. You know, we all have a heart. I say this all the time. I mean, I have a heart. I don't want to hurt people. But once you say, come in, you're going to get free health care. You're going to get free education. The whole world is going to want to come into our country, and we're not going to be able to even come close to affording it. I have to take care of our seniors. I can't take care of millions of people that had no intention of coming here before these maniacs made these pledges. He'll bankrupt these programs to finance the left, open borders. They want to take, actually, you know, we're just finishing up the walls, I said. They want to take the wall down, some of them. We want to take down the wall. This wall is a dream. It goes deep and it goes high. A lot of bad people aren't coming in because of that. They want to take it down, many of them. While I'm president, no one will touch your Medicare. No one will touch your Social Security. Under my leadership, we're delivering a safe vaccine and a rapid recovery. I love the recovery because here I am. I mean, that's, that's uh, sure. Yeah, two weeks ago, I wasn't exactly feeling great. And, uh, you know, when you're president, I told this today, when you're president, you got a lot of doctors. You get guys, Johns Hopkins, Walter Reed, you get all the great hospitals, and you got these geniuses, they're all over the place. Sir, let me do this, let me do that, let me do, just leave me alone, fellas. Get the hell out of here.
But I wasn't feeling too great. And they gave me something, Regeneron. And a day later, I felt like Superman. I said, hey, whatever the hell that stuff was. And it's brand new, developed because of this. And we're going to do something very special. We're going to get it for every person that we think is appropriate for. In other words, every person that needs it. But I tell you what, you know, they could call it a therapeutic, but to me it was a cure because the following day, our doctors are here. When you're president, they follow you. We got more doctors. If anyone gets sick, this is a great time when I'm around because you'll have about 15 doctors standing over you in about nine seconds. It's happened. It's happened many times. Somebody gets not so well, and all of a sudden, they got the greatest doctors you've ever seen. They do a fantastic job. But this was all developed just very recently, months ago, for this. It's incredible, the strides that we've made. If you vote for me, prosperity will surge. Normal life, that's all we want. I want a normal life like we had seven months ago. We don't want any. We want a normal life. That'll resume. And next year will be one of the greatest years economically in the history of our country, because that's where we're going. This election is a choice between a Trump recovery and a Biden depression. Let me tell you something. He's going to quadruple your taxes. He's going to raise taxes on businesses. All the businesses that have moved into our country are going to move out. They're going back where they came. You're going to have a disaster. You will have a depression, the likes of which this country has never seen before if these crazy rules get in with the Green New Deal. You know, the Green New Deal, the real number is $100 trillion. $100 trillion. You know, they say, well, we could do it for like $9 trillion. Well, nine doesn't work either. But the real price is 100. They want to rip down buildings and build new buildings in their place with tiny little windows. No, if you don't mind, I'd like to keep my window. I'd like to have a nice view of Georgia. No, they want to, they want to, no, think of it. Think of it. A hundred trillion dollars. So, if we had an unbelievable economic surge that lasted a hundred years without a problem, we wouldn't make a hundred trillion dollars. This is the craziest thing done by AOC plus three, who knows nothing about the environment. She doesn't know. She's got a great line of bullshit. That's about it. Oh, it's true. She knows nothing about the environment. AOC plus three. These were not great academics. How about Ilhan Omar? You know, I'm going to win Minnesota because of Ilhan Omar. She hates our country. I mean, you see the way she talks. She hates our country. No, please don't tell her to leave. That happened once before I got in a lot of trouble. They start screaming she should leave. And they got me in trouble. They said, why did he protest? But she doesn't like our country. You see what she says. And I'm going to win. Remember this. Minnesota hasn't been won since 1970. That's a long time. 1972. And we're going to win Minnesota because of Ilhan Omar. Well, having Minneapolis uh, ripped down, burned down, and then we come in at the land, and they should have called us on day one. Day one. The problem is they keep waiting. They wait till. How about the CNN reporter? I think his name's Velchi, the shaved head, nice shaved head. Maybe I'll try that someday. I don't know. My poll numbers might go down or they might go up. You never know, right? Maybe they'll go up. 
but he's standing there. This is a friendly protest. And behind him, the fire is like nine blocks long. It looks like Berlin during the worst days of their lives. The fires are raging. This is a friendly protest. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Then the, then the National Guard started moving forward. He got hit in the knee with a canister of tear gas. And he went down. I've been hurt. I've been injured. These people are crazy. You know, they don't report the violence. They don't report the looting on CNN, MSDNC, all these different networks. They don't report them. They, they don't want to talk about them. They want to think everything's wonderful. It's not. And the reason it's not, a lot of it is because of them. But I will deliver optimism, opportunity, and hope. And that's what we're doing. And this is why we have this kind of spirit. And I hate to say it because I don't want to insult Georgia, but it's this way all over our country. We have the biggest rallies in the history of politics. There's nobody has rallies like this. Look at that. Look at the people. Now, look. I mean, you can't see this. This goes all the way back. So you can't even see how far back. You can't, I can't even see the end of it. We have the greatest enthusiasm, the biggest crowds in the history of politics. And they don't talk about them. They'll say, yes, there were a smattering, a smattering of people. That's true. I asked the First Lady, how did you like it? It was good. Were there many people there? I said, a lot. Didn't they show it? No, they don't show it. They just showed your face. They never go. She said, but I could hear it, you know? When you go to a Georgia football game when they're doing well, you can't imitate you can't imitate thousands and thousands of people with hundreds of people. I mean, Biden had a rally today. Like, 13 people showed up, and they don't talk about it. They say, Biden is here. The one guy actually made a mistake. He called him Sleepy Joe. He's an announcer. That, that guy's job is gone. But Vice President Biden is here today. He's making a speech on the environment. He has no idea what he's talking about. They don't say that there's nobody there. You know, he's got the circles, right? The circles. Do you ever see? He's got like five circles. And he goes there, and, and people are standing. And the reason that, and the circles, not only are they big, although I love the artistry, because the guy really does a nice job. You know, I'm into that stuff. So. It's very neat, very round, beautiful, solid. I mean, it would be impossible to catch anything if you're in one of those circles, because you're so far away. It's like... But I never joke about it. I mean, I don't think it's necessary for Sleepy Joe to constantly, you know, he walks onto a stage, the people are, number one, there's no people there. And the few people that are there are like, what, 50 yards away? And the mask is always so large, you know, it's like covers the whole thing. I shouldn't joke. I shouldn't joke because you know what? Running against the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics puts pressure on me. Could you imagine if I lose my whole life? What am I going to do? I'm going to say, I lost to the worst candidate in the history of politics. I'm not going to feel so good. Maybe I'll have to leave the country. I don't know. <laughs> Biden will deliver pessimism, poverty, and decline. Our nation will decline very seriously. And again, he's been doing this for 47 years. He said, why didn't Trump move faster? Well, when I put in the ban on China, because they were heavily infected, and then Europe shortly thereafter, Biden called me xenophobic. I said, tell me what it means, Joe. Please tell me. I want you to know. 
He was unable to define it. They wrote it down. Xenophobic. But, and he called me a racist, I think, because it was so early. Now time goes by, and he said, he should have done it earlier. He should have done it earlier. But he was months behind me, remember? He thought it was terrible that we closed down to China. And Fauci said, and he said very nicely, he said, Trump saved thousands of lives by making that decision. And to be honest, I was like just about the only one that wanted to do it. Joe Biden would terminate our recovery, delay the vaccine, prolong the pandemic, and annihilate Georgia's economy. And you're doing a great job, and you have a governor that's working hard, and he's doing a great job. I don't even know if he's here, but he's working hard and he's doing a great job. We're going to find out. And you've got a great first lady. And we're working to safely reopen their schools. Reopen the schools. Get those schools open all over our country. It's so bad. You know, Barron, right? Barron tested positive, my son. I said, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Like about two seconds later, how's he doing? Oh, he's okay now, sir. Because they have a great immune system, I guess. Who the hell knows? I mean, they have an immune system. 99.9-something percent, right? They're young and they're strong. I mean, for this particular disease, the flu, they have problems with young children. Real problems. Real, real death problems. But for this, it's 99.99-something. I mean, it's, like, incredible. But, no, Barron tested positive. The First Lady's doing great. She's doing great. Doing a great job. And she didn't do the Regeneron thing. You know, she, she did it the old-fashioned way. She got better. But Barron, you know, Barron, young kid, healthy kid, but he tested positive. And by the time I got to speak to the doctor the next time, it was like, how's he doing, Doc? He's okay now, sir. He's gone. I said, it's gone that quick? But this is what happens. And then you're immune. It could be a long time. Yeah, Barron's, everyone loves Barron. Do you think he's tall enough? He's a tall, young guy, but he's doing good. But, you know, it's an amazing thing, the children. That's why they have to get back to school. We have to protect our seniors very much. We have to protect our seniors, and that's what we're doing. But we have to protect our seniors. We have to protect certain groups, especially our seniors where they have a heart problem or they have a diabetes problem. But we got to get our businesses open. Now, in your case, your governor was very early. He did a great job. But you look at what's happened. You look at what's happened in New York. You look at what's happening in Michigan. We won the case. You know, the court ruled it was unconstitutional. She was keeping everybody, like, in prison, except her husband. She was keeping everybody. No, she was keeping everybody in prison. Uh, Pennsylvania, they got to open the state. We're going to do well in Pennsylvania, too, by the way. Watch. North Carolina. We have Mark Meadows here, by the way, from North Carolina, our great chief of staff. Where's Mark? A great chief of staff. He's working. He said, boy, this is — he was a very successful congressman, and he's uh, — he's been doing a fantastic job. Where's Mark? He's doing a great job. Is it an easy job, Mark? No problem. But Biden will close your classrooms, and you know that. He actually said the other day he'll follow science. He'll find — so that means if Fauci says close it up, he's going to close up the country. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if you look at the numbers, the numbers are great. And we're going to go over that. He wants to throw your children out of the school, 
close up your schools, and shut down your workplace. And we're now setting records for employment, unemployment. We're setting all sorts of records economically. Europe, which has imposed punishing, punishing, horrible, really strong lockdowns, is now experiencing a massive surge in cases. You know, the fake news would say, well, look at Europe. I said, we're doing better than Europe, but now Europe is exploding. And they'll be okay, but they're exploding. Biden's plan will crush America. My plan will crush the virus. And America will be stronger than ever before. So our early and aggressive action saved, I think, at least 2 million lives. We pioneered life-saving therapies and reduced the fatality rate 85 percent. Think of that. That's over a six-month period. And I'm working to make the antibody treatment, and I've said it, and we, I got it. And I said, listen, for me, it was great, and I'll bet for a lot of people it's great. These are the great scientists. They came up with some of the other incredible medicines of the last 10 years, this particular firm, but also Eli Lilly. It's very similar. And we're going to make it available free to anybody that needs it. Free. Should be getting the final approvals very soon. By the way, I'm getting approvals from the FDA that people would have taken three years to get. And those vaccines are coming out. But it's political, even that. I could have had them faster, but we had a little action. Nobody wanted me to get the approval before the election. And you know what? I'm not thinking about the election. I'm thinking about saving lives. The hell with the election. Thinking about saving lives. So that got a little political. Political. Through Operation Warp Speed, we will have 100 million vaccine doses before the end of the year, and maybe substantially before that. The vaccine will end the pandemic once and for all, and they hate it when I say it. We've got the vaccine. It's really looking great. Numerous companies, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer, great. Others, too. Many companies, all of them, they're great. But you know what? Without the vaccine, it's ending, too. We're rounding the turn. It's ending without the vaccine. But the vaccine's going to make it go quicker. Let's get rid of it. We want to get it the hell out of here. So we're joined tonight by a man who I am so proud that I gave a very early endorsement to, and I did it because of David Perdue. David said, Donald, Mr. President, I have somebody who's running for governor. I said, Governor of where? He said, the great state of Georgia. I said, tell me, what's the story? He said, could you endorse him? I said, well, tell me about him. I did a little research. And the only thing that mattered to me, I mean, to be honest with you, he's all Trump all the way. He was, before I knew him, I didn't know him. He had a very successful past, but I didn't know him. But he was very, you know, he was like, Trump. He likes Trump. And it's hard to endorse people that don't like you, you know? Somehow I have a little problem with that. But his name, I said, what's his name? Brian Kemp. And he's a really smart guy, really good guy. And I endorsed him. And he went on to win. And his wonderful wife, Marty, is even better than him. But I, I have to tell you, we, we campaigned together. We campaigned together. And I mean, I've never seen we campaigned against, I guess, Stacy. And we had Oprah. You know, Oprah used to be a friend of mine before I went into politics. She'd be down at Mar-a-Lago a lot. She liked our key lime pie. 
He liked our key line. But Oprah was great. She was a friend of mine. But, you know, once you do this stuff, you lose a lot of friends very quickly. But that's okay. We got to do the right thing. And we had Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. They practically lived in Georgia. And all Brian had was Trump. And Brian won fairly easily. It wasn't that close. Brian Kemp. Great guy. And Marty, thank you very much. That's great. He's a great governor, and he was ahead of the he was ahead of the curve. He said, "We got to get this thing open here." And you know, those are the states that are doing the best, the ones that are doing these lockdowns. Not to mention the problems caused with depression, drugs, alcoholism, all of the other things. So I just want to thank uh, Brian and Marty, and it's great, and you're doing good. How am I doing, by the way, Brian? Are we going to win it? Because if we're not, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take my endorsement away from him if I don't. No, you're doing a great job as governor. Thank you very much. Brian Kemp. Thank you, everybody. Another guy, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. You know, he's a very, very successful man. And he did what I did. He wanted to do something. He wanted to give back. He loves the state like crazy. He loves our country. And he's central casting. If I'm casting a movie and I want to pick a senator, you know what I do? I say, I got to get David Perdue to play the role. But he is respected by everybody in Washington. He is respected and revered. And he brings back the bacon to this state. I want to tell you, he came to see me. David, stand up. He came. He came to see me about the farmers when they got. That's how I got involved in the whole thing and the hurricanes and all the damage. And we brought in a lot of money for our farmers in Georgia, right, David? So thank you very much. Great job. You're doing a fantastic job. And come to think of it, I don't, can't even believe, you know, the guy that's running against him, I beat him once before. Two years ago, he was running against a very good woman, Karen, right? Karen Handel. And she's doing very well. But he was running against her, and we defeated him. And then he said, he's running against David. I said, this guy's not in the same league with David Perdue. I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on David, just like I have pressure on me. You're running against these people. It puts more pressure on you, David. It would be easier to run against somebody that was good. But he's a radical left Schumer Pelosi guy. He's bad on the Second Amendment. I remember when he was running, he didn't even live in the district. He's running for Congress. I said, what's going on? But we defeated him once, and I hear you're going to defeat him again. Thank you, David. Thank you. So a person who's become a friend of mine, and Brian thought she was fantastic, and I met her, and I said, the only thing is, you know, how would you handle pressure? You never know. This is a rough, mean business. And I found out she can handle pressure. She has been fantastic. She was with me 100% on the impeachment hoax. She's been with us all the way, and she's a great woman, and her husband is a great man and a very successful man. That's a good thing, not a bad thing, by the way. Some people would like to say, oh, the husband's a great failure. It's much better. No, no, no. He's a really respected person, and he loves his wife, and she's a terrific person. Kelly Leffler. Kelly. Thank you. Great job. Great job, Kelly. Great job. I mean, my only problem, she's running against another great guy. I just said, run it out. I'm backing both of them because Doug Collins is here. Where's Doug?
Boy, am I in a lousy position. I like them both. I love them both. He's been unbelievable with the impeachment hoax and everything else. He's a warrior. She's a warrior. But you know what I like? They're both going to the polls. They're going to bring their people with them. And you know who the biggest winner is going to be? Trump. Because everybody that votes for both of them is going to vote for me. But honestly, regardless of what happens, they're both going to be winners because whoever doesn't officially win is going to have an unbelievable future. And I'm going to make sure of it because these are two incredible people. Okay? You, you. And I mean it. But what a lousy position to be in, David, right? You like both of them, sort of. Oh, boy. So we have somebody, Jody Heist. You know Jody? Stand up, Jody. What a job. A warrior. A warrior. Thank you very much for everything, Jody. Jody's only leading his district by about 5,000 points, so we don't have to worry too much. We don't have to spend too much time. You're doing a great job, Jody. We appreciate it very much. Barry Loudermilk. Barry, thank you very much. Great job. Great job. These are warriors. These are incredible Rick Allen. Rick, thank you. Thank you. And another one who wanted, you know, a, a guy, he knows more about the farming industry. You know, when I was picking the Secretary of Agriculture, they had all these political people come in. I said, do you know anything about farms? No, sir, I don't, but I'm a quick learner. I said, oh, that's great. You know, I'm interviewing these people. And, uh, I went through about nine of them, and so far, you know, I didn't have any guy. I said, do you know what corn looks like? Do you know anything? <laughs> now, some of them had absolutely zero. I said, have you ever been to a farm? No, sir, but I'm willing to learn. I said, oh, this is, this is what I want. And then I meet this guy named Sonny Perdue. Somebody said, <laughs> right? And Sonny came. I remember that meeting so much. And Sonny came into my office. And by the way, David called and Sonny called also about Brian, right? You know that, Brian, both of them. But he comes into my office, and I'm telling you, to this day, I learned more about farming in that 45-minute meeting than I learned ever in my life. I learned it all from you, and you have done a great job, and you've delivered $28 billion, and I hear another $13 billion is coming to our farmers. Right? He loves our farmers. He's been great. He's been a, an incredible Secretary of Agriculture. Stand up again, Sonny. Come on. They like you. By the way, I guess he was also your governor, like, for eight years, right? I don't even count that. I don't care about that. But, you know, he was a very popular governor, Brian. You know that. He was very popular. He did a great job. But he was your governor for eight years. But he has been a fantastic Secretary of Agriculture. Thank you, Sonny. I'm glad I could say it in front of your home friends, okay? And State Representative Vernon Jones. How about Vernon? How about Vernon? Where's Vernon? Man. What a guy. Look at this. You know, I saw him on television a few months ago, and he's talking about Trump is the greatest, he's the strongest, what he's done for our military, what he's done on the... And I say, oh, this is a great guy. I wonder where he... And I, obviously, I said he's a Republican, so... And they put the thing on the bottom. It says, Vernon Jones, Democrat from wherever the hell he comes from. I said, I said there must be a typo. 
He's better than any Republican. I can't believe it. And then I checked him out, and he's a Democrat who likes Trump, and we love him. Vernon, thank you. And he's a popular guy. Amazing. Amazing. Spoke at our convention. And somebody who's doing a fantastic job, Insurance Commissioner John King. John, thank you. Great job, John. Appreciate it. Public Service Commissioners Bubba McDonald and Tricia Pridemore. Thank you very much, both. Thank you, Bubba. Thank you, Tricia. Thank you, Tricia. And somebody who better lead us to victory. I'll never speak to him again. We'll have a new state chairman of the Georgia GOP if we don't win, but we're going to win. David Schaefer. David, thank you. How are we doing, David? How are we good? Way up. I heard, I saw a poll. We're way up. Don't just pretend we're even. You know what they do in politics? David Perdue taught me this. Pretend you're one point down, okay? And then work your ass off. And then just sit home and watch. That's what happened four years ago. Was that the greatest evening ever? But this is going to be better. This is going to be better. This is, in its own way, even more important. Candidates for Congress, Andrew Clyde. Andrew, thank you, Andrew. That's great. Good luck. I heard you're doing really well. And somebody that I just think is fantastic. This one. I never, ever want to have her as my enemy. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Where is she? She is so unbelievable. You are so unbelievable. Thank you. And I looked at some poll numbers here. You're really up. But just pretend you're one point down, please, okay? But you're doing great. They love you. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Great job. And finally, Angela Stanton King. Angela, great. It's going to be another great victory. That's going to be a great victory. Thank you very much, Angela. Great job. Congratulations. And last but not least, we have a, a woman that won us the state of Michigan, Ronna McDaniel. You know, Ronald was, she was the chair of Michigan. And she kept bringing me back and back and back. And I said, who is this woman? And then we won Michigan, which hadn't. And by the way, we're up in Michigan. It was just a now. We have a lot of car companies moving into Michigan, and they've moved it. Thank you. Thank you. She's done a fantastic job. Now, when it came time to pick the head of the Republican National Committee, I said, who is that woman in Michigan that kept getting me back there? Every week, I'd get a call. Sir, you have to come back. You can win Michigan. I said, Michigan hasn't been won in 38 years. She said, I'm telling you, you're going to win. All right, so I went back and back. And each time, I'd say, look, that's it, okay? That's it. You know, it's like a big deal. She said, no, that's okay, sir. That's it. The next day, I'd get a call. You have to come back once more. And it was actually my last stop. It was at 1 o'clock in the morning, now actually Election Day. We had 32,000 people show up at 1 in the morning in Grand Rapids, right? Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we ended up winning the state of Michigan, first time in, you know, decades, many decades. And now we're doing well. The poll just came out, runner, we're up in Michigan. You know why? Because they had no car companies, they had no plants, they had no nothing for 44 years. 
and they're building plants all over the state of Michigan because of me. And they're coming in from Japan, and they're coming in from Germany. They're building plants all over and expanding plants. So I think Michigan likes us. We've done the job. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you. Done a great job. And get out there and these three candidates for Senate. You got to get out there. Really get out there and vote. They're unbelievable people. They're unbelievable. Three unbelievable people. And uh, we appreciate it. Under my administration, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world, which is true. There's never been anything like it. And now we are doing it again. You know, I see these hats. Make America great again. So you know what I say? Make America great again again. Make America great again again. We had it done, and then the plague came in from China. Uh, we're not forgetting that. You watch. We're tariffing the hell out of them. We're getting so much money. We gave it. Our farmers were targeted. We gave it to our farmers, Sonny, so that's fine. In my first three years, family income increased by $6,000. Think of that. $6,000 a family. More than five times the gains in all eight years under the Obama-Biden administration. Remember this, and I said it today, I never even thought of it. If they were good, I wouldn't be your president. I wouldn't have run. If they were good, I wouldn't have even run. But they were horrible, so I won. If they were good and I did run, I wouldn't have won, because they would have done a good job and I wouldn't have run. They were horrible. They had Ferguson. They had all of the problems in different places. Oakland, they had tremendous. Baltimore, they had tremendous. They had nothing but problems. It was a disaster. And anyway, and the trade deals were the worst. And the Iran deal with $150 billion, we got nothing. And $1.8 billion in cash. African-American income grew nine times more, nine times, than it did under Biden and Obama. You know, they called up David today. They said, sir, we have bad news. What's the bad news? Obama's going to start campaigning for Sleepy Joe. I said, is that good or bad? Why is it bad? Because he campaigned harder for Hillary than she did. You know, he was very ineffective as a campaigner to me. I thought he was very ineffective. So I think that's good news. But if you remember, you just remember this. He was a vice president for eight years to Obama, and Obama refused to endorse him. He wouldn't endorse You know why? Because he knows he's mentally shy. He's shy. And Obama, look, I mean, he's a patriot. And he says, I can't, you can't have a guy like this. And then he ended up lucking out because Warren wouldn't get out of the race. And so they were splitting up the vote. And what did he do? He wouldn't do it. It took him forever to make the endorsement, David, right? It took him forever. And finally, because he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe this guy won. But they said he's going to be campaigning for him. Just remember what I said. He never thought it was possible that he won. And then even after he won, he couldn't do it, but he finally got it done. To bring opportunity, security, fairness, and prosperity to black communities, I recently announced the Platinum Plan, which is a big deal. We will create three million new jobs for black Americans, increase access to capital, restore safety to every neighborhood, and we will deliver school choice, which is the most important thing. We're doing that. That's all done.
And remember this, and I say this, and some people think it's like a lot, but it's true. They don't challenge me. With the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And it's true. It's true. I got criminal justice reform. That was me. That was not anybody else but me. They came to see me. I got criminal justice reform done, prison reform, opportunity zones done with Tim Scott from South Carolina, great senator, great man, great person. He's a great, great person. And I got all of this stuff done, opportunity zones, and we did historically black colleges and universities. Every year, they would come up, the heads of these colleges and universities, black colleges and universities, really good people. And after the third year, I said, how come you keep coming? Because they didn't have any deal. So every year they had to come. I said, what do you feel like? He said, one man, great guy. He said, I feel like a beggar. Because every year we'd come up and beg for money. I got them 10-year absolute funding. Historically black colleges. Obama wouldn't do it. Biden wouldn't do it. Nobody did it. I did it. Just remember, criminal justice reform. That's the biggest thing. Biden has vowed to ban school choice and charter schools, devastating the black community. We've spent the last four years reversing the damage that Joe Biden inflicted over the last 47 years with his stupidity. He backed NAFTA. He backed TPP, which would have been a disaster if I didn't stop it and China's entry into the World Trade Organization, one of the worst things that's ever happened to our country. For decades, our politicians spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, countries that you've never even heard of, and defending foreign borders, but we didn't defend our own borders. But now we're finally protecting our nation, rebuilding our cities, and we are bringing our jobs, our factories, and our troops back home to the USA. About time. About time. They're all coming home. They're all coming home. They're all coming home. We invested $2.5 trillion in the U.S. military and launched the first new branch of the United States Armed Forces in 75 years, so necessary, the Space Force. And they helped us get it approved. And for our great veterans, we passed VA choice and VA accountability. And you heard two weeks ago, we got a 91% approval rating from our vets. First time this ever happened. We took over 100% of the ISIS caliphate in Iraq and Syria. And when I took over, it was a mess. And we killed the leader of ISIS who was trying to reform ISIS. Al-Baghdadi is dead. We took out the world's number one terrorist and the mass murder of American troops and troops all over the world, and many, many people, Soleimani is dead. I withdrew from the last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear deal. They spent $150 billion to Iran that they used for terror. 
1.8 billion in cash. I terminated. By the way, my first phone call, if we win, will be from the head of Iran saying, let's make a deal. Their economy is in tatters right now. They went down 27% GDP. I've never even heard of such a thing. But you know what? We don't want that. We want them to do fine, but they can never have a nuclear weapon. I recognize the true capital of Israel and opened the American ambassador. Right? And opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. And it's all built. It's all built. It's all built. It's all built. We got it. Not only did we get it approved, I got the building built. I said, find the building on a site that we own. And they came to me. You know that story. They were going to spend $2 billion to build an embassy. I said, that sounds like a lot. And uh, I called our great ambassador. I said, David, do we have any land in Jerusalem? He said, yeah, we have a great site. I said, take a look at it. Call me. Calls me. He said, there's a building on the site. We can renovate it. Now, we're going to spend anywhere from a billion to $2 billion, right? I said, well, let's do this. Can we do something? Yes, sir. He calls me back a week later. He said, sir, we can renovate the building fully for $350,000 that we have our own. Thank you. It's the first time in my life, in my business career, I ever did this. I said, David, it's too cheap. It doesn't sound good. Normally, I'd say, let's make it $250,000. I said, David, make it like $500,000 and use Jerusalem stone. I have a friend, Ron Barron, smart guy. He's so proud. He's got Jerusalem stone in his lobby of his office building. And I said, can you get Jerusalem stone? He said, yeah, we're in Jerusalem. I said, that's good. <laughs> the whole place is Jerusalem stone, and it was cheap as hell, I'll tell you. So we built this building for under $500,000, and it's been open for a long time. And every president for many, many decades has said they were going to do it, and not one of them got it done. And I got it done and got the building built. I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. 52 years they were working on that. They were working on it for 52 years. I got it done in about two and a half hours. And instead of endless war, we are forging peace in the Middle East without blood all over the sand, right? You see what's going on? UAE, Bahrain, and we have countries lined up to sign. The fact is, I did more in 47 months than sleepy Joe Biden did in 47 years. And now the Democrats are pushing the most far-left agenda ever put forward by a presidential nominee. The Biden plan would destroy Social Security and destroy protections for pre-existing conditions. People with pre-existing conditions, they're never going to get it. Their plan and this Green New Deal will destroy our country. It's crazy. You know, when I first heard it, I thought they were joking, actually. I thought, oh, not even cows do they want. They don't want cows. I think they gave up on that one, but they didn't really give up. They will never give up. Biden's running mate sponsored a bill to outlaw private health insurance. 180 million people that love their private plans, right? They love their private plans. Those plans are going to be gone. Biden vowed to terminate our travel bans on jihadist regions and surge refugee admissions 700 percent, opening the floodgates to radical Islamic terrorism. Your state and your country will be overrun and overwhelmed, will have no money, and we will indeed be another Venezuela, very large-scale version 
A vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, and a limitless future for all Americans. It's a vote for the American dream. It's the American dream, and we're going to have it bigger and better than we ever had it before. And in conclusion, over the next four years, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world, and we will end our reliance on China once and for all. It's already taken place. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. Second Amendment. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our citizens, and we will keep America out of these absolutely ridiculous, endless foreign wars. Our troops are coming home. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. And I want to tell you, we have the greatest weapons, much of it built, ever in the history of any country in the world. We are the envy of China and Russia and North Korea and everybody. And when I came here, one of our most overrated generals in the world told me, one of the most overrated generals, he said, sir, we have no ammunition. And I said, no president should ever, ever hear that. And now we have ammunition like you wouldn't believe, but we have rockets and we have missiles and we have tanks and we have F-35s and all sorts of aircraft, tankers and bombers and you only hope to God we never have to use it, that's all. But we are the envy of the world. We have rebuilt our military, two and a half trillion dollars, and we have never had anything like it. So just hope we never have to use it. We will end surprise medical building, require price transparency, and further reduce the cost of prescription drugs. They'll be coming down 80 percent, 90 percent, 70 percent. We will strongly protect Medicare and Social Security, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. So important. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. And that's moving along rapidly. And we will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our schools. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto, In God We Trust. In God We Trust. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great state of Georgia. I love Georgia. Early voting is underway, so get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your co-workers, get your boss if you have a boss. Say, boss, you come with me right now. And get out and vote early. Get out and vote.
A giant red wave is coming from Atlanta to Augusta, from Savannah to Columbus, and from Marietta to right here in Macon, Georgia. I love Macon. Macon, Georgia. We inherit the legacy of Georgia patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. We stand on the shoulders of American heroes who crossed the oceans, blazed the trails, settled the cotton and tamed the wilderness, dug out the Panama Canal, laid down the railroads, raised up the giant skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and made America the single greatest nation in the history of the world. And we are making it greater every single day. Proud citizens like you help build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working, we are going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Georgia, we have made America wealthy again. We have made America strong again. We have made America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you very much.